this is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine numbered at a time in order of release. This week we're torturing our way to freedom as we watch Spine 249 in the Criterion Collection. Gilo Pontecorva's The Battle of Algiers from 1966. But first, RJ. Yeah. Uh, have we finished recording last week's episode yet? I mean, will we ever finish recording the Videodrome episode? I think that's the question you should be asking, you know? Some, it's kind of a part of our bodies now, isn't it? Somewhere in space and time. Uh-huh. It's still it's still happening, I think. I mean, that makes total sense to me. Mm. What what uh what new flesh did you spawn in the last week? Um I don't know. Painted a barrel, a barrel f- b- wad of flesh. A barrel, like a, ba- a barrel. like a pickle barrel. Like a I don't know. What what would you, what would you like to be in this barrel? That's pickles. The, and go, it goes. It has an accompanying cart. Pickles. Sure. Okay. What were you gonna? Int- what was your intention to put in the barrel? Uh, cod. Cod. Yeah. Like salted, cured at all, or just I, I would I would hope it was cured. It's got a long way to go. What do you mean? Oh, it's got to go to the next town. Oh, Mike, is this <laughs> is this a mini fig barrel, or did you actually buy a no, barrel? This is a I I didn't even buy one. I I printed it on a three D printer. How big is this barrel? It is this big. Oh, I see. Well, I mean, depending yeah. on the size of your screen, RJ, uh, it could be quite large or very small. So for the viewers at home, yeah. because they can't see that, uh, this camera zoomed out and Jarrett is inside of a actual barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's up to his uh, chin mm-hmm. in this barrel. And, uh, and I'm we can only ass- naked. Uh, naked. Yeah. We can only assume naked. And uh, the fluid in there, um, I, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't even want to guess. On 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 the barrel is a note uh, saying "poorhouse," and I've got and I've got straps over my shoulders that are suspending the barrel around my body, mm-hmm. along my trunk, and okay. uh, yeah, it's like it's a good life. Is it sticky? The barrel. I imagine it would be sticky. Yeah, I, ah, it's it's slivery, moist. One moist. Oh. What a what a, uh, what a what a way to kick off podcasts right hey, here. We told everyone that after Videodrome, the quality down. of our production was oh, going to be yeah. in the shits. Oh, yeah. Okay? yeah. So, yeah, someone asked about that. Someone uh, posited how it was all downhill. I was like, oh, no, like Videodrome's the ramp. Like we took the ramp mm. and now we're like kind of in free fall. And we'll see how far we go till we just crash to the ground, splattering all over the place. I mean, I think the big money is on the uh, the Cassavetti's box set actually doing us in. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that's fairly soon. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you like next week? Yeah, I, I know that's fairly soon, but uh, I think that's what a lot of people are saying because it's like the creeps can't handle another box set. This is the biggest box set yet. This is until we get to that uh, what that Olympic box set. Um, it's like 500 hours on yeah, that, yeah, yeah, we won't be doing that. We, we're, we're, oh. No, no. Oh, we wouldn't be around by then anyways, right? Yeah, I mean, so we're next week we're at Spine 250. 
and it's taken Ooh. us just over four years to get to that. And uh, so that means 12 years from now, we'll be watching the 16 Godzilla movies. Mm. And I realized, like, wait a minute. I'm going to be, like, almost 50 years old. Am I really going to be wanting to... Uh, is that mm-hmm. is is that even going to be a thing? Will we even be allowed anymore to speak our minds freely on the internet? It's a good question. Will, will they will they have taken that away from us by then? Well, maybe we'll, we will just be dead. I think we'll. I'll, I will surely be dead. You could be like your essence could be saved into like a computer algorithm. Uh, so you could be an algorithm, and then it could be like I don't know, maybe one of Oliver Granger's kids. One of like Sam Sanchez's kids, and maybe George Hofschmeiner, oh, and maybe and, he'll be and, and, the, and they'll be in a hollow deck, and then yep. like memories of us talking mm-hmm. about old experiences, and it'll be like you could meet famous people from the past, mm-hmm. like Jared and RJ, like Futurama style, where it's heads in jars. There's but that, they're not. There, I mean, there's that. Animate, there is that. I mean, I was going it's along with this uh, uploaded AI thing. I like, okay. like, I mean, there's like, you know, what, it's got to be a thousand hours or something like that of the podcast we're getting close yeah. to. And uh, you could probably composite a, our, our, a fictional version of our fictional selves quite well. Well, I think that in addition to the OnlyFans feed, that uh, the catalog of videos we have on that, uh, they surely could recreate us pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, we just have to like maybe like, you know, spend a episode just going through the dictionary, reading words. And their definitions build up that uh, that catalog, that archive of mm. words that they can then com- composite from. Is that any different from what we do now? Um, where's is Pusshound in the dictionary? I don't know if the commission, the authority, the foundation, whoever I don't know if they emailed in this week. Well, that's a, but I really I, that's, a that's a question. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll we'll see. I, I, is it? I I don't. Hmm. No, it's probably an urban dictionary, the Duncan Dictionary, hmm. which is problematic to say the least. <laughs> that's that's in the Black Library. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to answer your earlier question, yes, we are still uh, recording Videodrome, and it was probably the longest episode we've had, except for that one, that one Ghoul School when you and me went completely nuts, and what was that like five hours or something? Yeah, I mean that was a bad one. Well, I mean for one movie though. For one movie, yeah. yes, surely, surely it was the longest. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. I I never want to see friend of the show Ryan Nagel again. That can probably be arranged since uh, you've never seen him before. Well, I've seen him in digital form, and I don't want to repeat that experience. Quite frankly, sounds like you're not on board with the new <laughs> flesh. I'm not. Garrett. No, I want the old flesh. I only want to stick to the old, flaccid, pale, warty flesh that I've come to know and love. Is that your flesh or just others? Uh, uh, all, all of little, our little all, from column all, A. The communal flesh, the the society flesh. Ah, okay. I the, got a good shunting. look at societal flesh today. Oh, did you? Since you didn't ask, I actually, I actually totally forgot. Uh, I saw two dudes fighting today. When I drove home. Two dudes. Two. Did these dudes have attitudes? They were two rude, crude dudes 
with an attitude. Uh, one of them, his girlfriend was really trying to get him to stop, uh, and they, they were full-on fist fighting just, like, in the middle of the road. How, how old were these individuals? I would I would guess, like, 45. <laughs> okay. It's a couple of, couple of bucks going they at They were it. throwing hands, man. One of them had a bandana across just the <laughs> top part and a little soul patch. Oh, of course. That dude was really into it. Yeah, I mean, if I was like, if you were just to describe the situation, that would be kind of my go-to, like, for one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a, and the other was the equivalent, but uh, a little, a little different looking, if you can. Okay. If you can read between the lines on that one. They were the same person, but of different. They were the same side of the same coin. Shoe sizes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that's not really much to report, but I, I saw them fighting. And it was weird because, like, there was a ton of traffic, which there usually isn't at that time of day. And a lady pulled up beside me, and she, she had her all her windows down, and she was just yelling. She's just like, ah, ah, And I was like, Jesus, lady, relax. Well, I mean, the, the important thing, though, like, so was one of them wearing a mask at least? The fighters? Yeah. I mean, obviously no. the guy the soul patch wasn't. No, neither of them were wearing masks. Okay. It was very irresponsible. Wow. I mean, it's one thing to, like, scrap in the street in the middle of yeah. the day. But, I mean, to, I guess to it do was so a without a, a mask? Yeah, I mean, there is that. I mean, the science is still out on that, right? We don't know. Yeah. It could, I, it could, I, it could be like a Joker gas that's just all around us. It could be. Maybe. I would prefer that. Yeah. I, I almost forgot about the key detail about uh, half a block past these two dudes fighting was a uh i could only describe as a millennial poser dude with a gigantic beard but like wearing very hip clothing with a real small dog on a leash Mm -hmm. and uh, he was watching them waiting for them to finish and then he was also scrolling on his cell phone at the same time are you sure he he wasn't so he wasn't recording the action no his cell phone was pointing down okay so he was just i saw he was just flicking through his phone just waiting for it to settle i think interesting if it was me i would have got that pooch and got the hell out of there but uh mm-hmm. i don't know he's just waiting he's like I'll, I'll see this through Hmm. so uh how about you do you see any fights today not a one hmm. saw people digging up concrete holes in like pedestrian paths was that fun i i don't know i was i was glad i was able to walk around them i'm glad i'm able-bodied enough to avoid holes in sidewalks but hey sometimes it doesn't matter how abled you are the holes will get you they'll find you somehow they'll find you it's like john voight says individual holes I beg that's, your what? that's from holes the movie i'll lend it to you okay well you know rj i made a, yeah. a, a horrible mistake what? of uh paying attention at all to the u.s election uh and the 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 debate the debate and Mm -hmm. uh my god how did that go for you jer really bad real bad i what what made you more upset what made you most upset i should rephrase that um all of it mm, i guess it's the 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 seeming end of democracy that seems mm. to be unfolding. And it seems like people are okay with that. Incompetence, running wild, mm. running rampant. 
And you think that's there's mostly... like there's two more of them to come. Uh, they should get rid of them, right? <laughs> Not the debates. I mean, politic and politic. <laughs> that's a word. <laughs> The in, the incumbent? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So tell me more about that. Uh, there's not what, much what to say. I mean, I don't want to. I didn't, I didn't even want to really bring it up, but man, oh. here we are. I it just it comes across my mind. And it's just like wow, that, that was a uh, psychically damaging, and uh, it's just really wild reading uh, Twitter and news stories. It seems like everyone's just sort of grappling with like what this is and like trying to like have some sort of like you know fair and balanced take. On like, well, you know, neither of them did great. <laughs> You're just like, oh, okay. It's, it's like I, one, I had a what? So, so someone showed up, and the other one uh-huh. did exactly what you'd expect, and uh, yep. it was it was agonizing. And then you had a, a moderator who was just like an embarrassment to to moderation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, did you partake? I... No, I got the I got it all on Twitter and uh, other people watching it. Uh, I had someone else ask me if I was going to watch it, and I was like, "It's not going to change it in your mind." I mean, I it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely like if you're undecided, you're a fucking moron. Um, yeah, that's 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 there's a hot take. I mean, I, I I don't know how you could be like, it, but it's like true of like pretty well any point in any election. Who, who's undecided? I just don't know. <laughs> it's like fuck. They both they both have great points. And you go, hmm? <laughs> hmm? Donald Trump was talking about uh, again. Like this is like at least the third time, and every time it gets brought up, talking about cleaning up the forest floor of California. <laughs> he, he's talking about like what does he mean sweeping? I think forest okay. management. You got to clean up the floor so these fires don't start. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, but you know, uh, you know, stand by, RJ. <laughs> stand by. Uh, just you know, stand down and stand by. God damn it! It's like see, I didn't even watch it, and I, I already got all the all the. It, all the it, but it's like, uh, but the, the, I think the worst is just the they already set up. Like it's like they're setting up storylines. This whole idea oh. of like how. You know, this is going to be a corrupt election because someone says so. Someone just said that. He read it online, and uh, yep. he's just going to keep saying it over and over again. And we, if anything, we know from, from science is that mm-hmm. bad information finds its way through, and, like, it overtakes good information, and that you have this this sack of shit uh, mm-hmm. bellowing out, like, lies. And it's, like, unchecked. People go, eventually, people go, yeah, I heard that somewhere. Like you heard it from the fucking like professional liar. You know that kind of sounds like what you just described. Have you ever seen the Christopher Nolan film Inception? I have. You know, once an idea takes root, Jarrett. Man, man, it's like a, uh, a spinning top. Just like a spinning top. Uh, well, exactly. That's why I didn't watch it because I was like, I know what's gonna happen, uh, and then. Also, I also realized, too, it would dominate the internet for about two days. So uh, I think about an hour later on Reddit, it was every single post. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm done yeah. with this because, uh, as you said, I'm not going to change my mind. And, I mean, it, it doesn't, you, can't, you don't even have a – We don't have a, a, a voice in this anyways. It's not nope. our – we don't have a horse in the race. But yeah. uh, I think the only problem, though, is we are – actually connected to the states so there are actual like 
implications to us as because of what happens to them if that makes sense and not even in like the global sense but even just the small like like border to border kind of things you know anyways seems silly uh i chose my time to watch star trek ds9 instead Fuck yeah. of that well, that's like that is the, the that is decision. absolutely the best thing you could do anyone could have done actually anyone could have done that and i actually so even though i don't have cable i uh, i did uh, get uh, get the inside scoop into uh, my mom's ctv uh app so uh, i now have two channels baby whoa two live channels so the debate probably would have been on there but i just use it to uh i watched a little football on the weekend oh oh i saw that pigskin huh well pigskin well uh i'm in a work uh pool and um so you make your picks each week and whoever has the most winning picks wins the week you win a week you win 20 bucks you win the whole thing overall it's like 500 so uh i'm i I wanted to get a little bit more into the action watch some games so i could uh have a more informed decision you know what i mean sure Mm -hmm. so anyways that's fun did it so what did you do after you watched the uh (sighs) debate did you rage against the machine I painted a miniature barrel. All right. right. It, it soothed me. You mean life-sized? <laughs> uh, no, that's different. That's a completely different scenario. Okay. Did you listen to Wharf Wave when you were uh, painting this barrel? They haven't made it yet, RJ. Well, is it? Are we supposed to make that? So, someone's supposed to do it. I think. I think. Oh. I think uh, Jackson was my appointed. Okay. So, I mean, until he does that, I mean, fuck. What am I supposed to be doing? I, I don't know. I, you could give up. I've been telling a lot of people to give up lately. Yeah, that's, that's that, I mean, that isn't, is that recent though? Haven't you been doing that no. for a, I feel like you've been telling people that for a very long time. I have, but uh, not as much in person to people's faces. I had, I had a colleague today ask me about a situation and I said, you can give up. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, just get in your car. Just leave. Just, just drive. <laughs> Don't, don't ever come back. They thought it was funny, but I was trying to be serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if this doesn't work out, Jared, I think we should both give up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, hell, that that uh, might even be even that choice might be taken away from us. To give up? Yeah. That's actually a good point. No. So we should probably get going while the getting's good. That's right. Because RJ, we got emails. Really? Females? Not not in these emails. Oh. What else uh, what else is kicking around in the mail bag, Jared? Well, RJ, the funniest that you should ask. Uh, uh-huh. I believe I sent you uh, last week a photograph mm-hmm. of a uh, mysterious parcel that we received. Mm-hmm. And, Could uh, you describe it to uh, the listeners outside? So this is a fairly large hefty sack mm-hmm. <laughs> large mm-hmm. uh, envelope um i don't know what what language is this written in it would appear to be some some form of russian some form of russian yes i would say uh i mean either actual russian or i don't know that could be polish or something yeah i mean there is like a a very sinister looking bird with two yeah. heads and horns there's definitely a four in it. So N O four T backwards R N O 
four T backwards R. Um, damn. Russian. Let's see if it's Russian to English. Let's see if that works, Jared. Cyrillic. Is it Cyrillic? Is it is Cyrillic script? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's what. Uh, and then the Russian Putin. alphabet is. Uh, there's no translation for that. It is a made-up word, allegedly. Uh, you could use. And I guess. It's, I mean, ultimately, it should be pointed out that this uh, has been addressed to Mr. Jarrett Duncan and R.J. Balog. That's us. Wait, I'm not a... They didn't Mr. me? Uh, I guess it's... It might have been redundant. <sighs> I don't get no respect. No Rodney respect. Dangerfield style. And So uh, what else is on that packaging? Well, uh, I th- I th- there's a name, R.J. Uh-huh. Of one Anya Lebesheinenov. From the Gorky Foundation? From from the I guess it must be the same person who emailed us about the Gorky. Uh I didn't think that that was a real person. And just for people at home listening, uh I asked Jared, I said, Hey, who was that? Was that a real person? And he said, Yes. <laughs> I think. So uh, I didn't get much uh much info there. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what else, what other discerning factors can you tell me about this package? It's got some heft to it. It's got a little weight. It's got a little bit of some more characters I don't recognize. I, I didn't put this into a Google mm-hmm. Translate. Uh, I see something Beck, and then I see one point one two three nine five four KT. Uh, okay, and it was uh, addressed to uh, the comic book store I work at. And Jared. Have you ever given uh, said the name of the comic book store you work at? It's quite possible, actually. Okay. okay. I mean, we've been recording for 217 episodes now. I'm, I'm sure That's it's a good a, point. It's probably slipped out there. So this was a uh, this was a genuine surprise showing up to you because uh, neither of us knew about this one. Whereas correct previous mailbags uh people had reached out and asked what our <laughs> our mailing address was so this one is a, a total shock and i can see it's still not opened how did you resist is it the fear of anthrax or well i mean i figured if if i open this and die i mean yeah you'll be able to like run with this i mean are you recording you recording over there i i'm not but uh, it's probably in the cloud well, I mean, there will be a cloud of poison that comes shooting yeah. at me and filling my lungs here soon yeah. enough. So, I mean, I don't know. Without like, I don't know. Without further ado, well, yeah. See, so get that little box cutter. Okay. See, Jared's got it, got it. He's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna narrate this just because if Jared, if powder does come out and uh, he goes down, I'm not calling the cops because no one will p- post this episode live on the air. So he's opening up this uh, manila envelope. It's kind of a satchel. He di- he just took a big whiff, which there's I find the... <laughs> not the right move to do in this you know, scenario. There's a. It smells like there's like chocolate. Does poison smell like chocolate? Uh, I think arsenic does. Okay, well that's cool. Oh, yeah. So there's a few th- a few things going on in here. You think it's a bunch of Funko Pops? Uh, I think it's a little too small for that. Okay. Uh, that I mean, that would be pretty impressive. Jared and yeah. RJ Funko Pops. Oh, I see. I see. That oh. would be impressive. There's a, a oh, small wow. note here. To, yes. s- to Sirs Jared and RJ. 
in a pink envelope that appears to be. Are you going to read the envelope first? Oh my goodness. I cannot describe the horrors that Jared has just pulled well, out of this sack. This is okay. So what I'm seeing here, RJ, is it seems like it's a plastic bag, clear plastic bag, tied with a red ribbon, uh -huh. um, and it is filled with a variety of, based on the writing of these chocolates, um, Russian, Eastern European candy, huh? Candies. Like, and we're talking like at least two, three dozen. That's a, it's a good grab of candy, man. Like you're palming it like like a, like a like, basketball. It's like a mini basketball. Yeah, you got like a, he's got like one of those little balls. He's palming it, but Jared's got enormous hands. That looks like looks like you got some taffy in there, maybe a couple caramels. I can't tell because I can't read Russian, but uh, that's a pretty impressive little uh, little candy sack there. Whoa, and this? and he it just keeps on going. What else do you got in this little okay. bag? I think that's it. Okay. Uh, there's no like weird capsule at the bottom. There's no like the little trip wire. I guess it's already probably oh. been tripped at this point. So yeah, you're already dying. So are you gonna open the second portion or are you gonna read the envelope? What do you think? What should I do? You got to know, man. What you gotta decide? Envelope. The, envelope. Okay. Oh no! Do do the thing. Do the other thing. <laughs> Oh my God. Dude, do whatever feels right. Okay, well, I don't know. okay. I can't make decisions. I've already, I've already opened the envelope. Okay. Oh. What a nicely folded letter. It is typed. Okay. Uh, um, oh my God. It's not like newspaper letters glued into like uh, arranged words. Okay. Nope, nope. It okay. is. Uh... Oh dear, that is a full letter. Interesting. Okay. <sighs> I respectfully submit, so dear sirs, I respectfully submit a collection of almost two pounds of fine Russian candy for your consideration wow. in your new Criterion Creeps taste test show segment. Among the enclosed are some of the confections most cherished by my fellow citizens. Okay. Some of these are highly sought and rare today, as they were exclusively exclusively available in the USSR, and few remain in circulation through only the most obscure of hidden economies here. To obtain wow. these, I had to contend with the most baneful gang of armed thugs who deal for those who control access uh, to these and generally foster a sense of insecurity and uncertainty in the streets in parts of my beloved home city of Yekaterinburg. <laughs> I cannot okay. say that dealings with this unruly and intimidating band of ruffians was not worth it. However, in fact, I must apologize that I may only say that there are almost two pounds of candy. I regret oh. to confess that I may have succumbed to temptation and taken a few aside for myself uh, that I thought I may have recognized from my early childhood. Wow. Some wow. of the fondest memories of life are tied to such small joys, are they not? Well, I do very much hope that you will both enjoy these, and I humbly expect a most positive review. Ooh. Well, I'll, I'll lay it on you like this, Jared. I'm not sure if I will die from this candy. I don't think it. It's a, it looks like a kind gesture. So I will eat one of these on air for uh, the next couple podcasts for okay. a taste testing portion. Okay. Should we open up the other present before continuing with the letter, or, or oh. what do you think? Oh. Uh, let us continue with this letter. Okay. 
Since I was sending a package to you, I thought I would also share with you a highly influential piece of truly great literature that I'm sure you will find most edifying. Please find it enclosed, and I hope you will kindly share both the candy and book amongst the two of you without any of, Mm. if I may, the bickering and taunting that seems frequent in your discourse with each other. It occurred to me in the last instance that I probably should have thought better of it and obtained two copies of the book, as I do not wish there to be any conflict or bitterness over who keeps possession of it in the end. Please forgive Mm -hmm. my neglect in this consideration. With fondest regards, Anya. Anya uh, Lebezhaninov. Interim director, the Maxim Gorky Foundation. Wow. P.S. I truly hope that this reaches you. I had to do some work following up on things said to arrive at a plausible site to which to address this package. I did mm-hmm. so with some risk of error. Wow. And uh, that's the full full letter, right? That is the full letter. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll respond after you, uh, you uh, un- unveil this second oh. piece here. <laughs> Well, what we have here is uh, what looks to be a authentic uh, copy of a book titled Mother, written by none other than Maxim Gorky. Now, are you familiar with this uh, piece of literature, Jarrett? I am not. You're gonna be though, right? Uh, yeah, and it's, it's so it's a lot. It's like really big. This is that much, is a big book. This is much larger than trade paperback size. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, is it in English or Russian? It, there's an inscription. Oh, no, dear. Um, it is in English. Okay, that's good. Um, it is. Yeah, this is. It's. It's big. This is like a, like a big. I don't even what format you would call this. It's almost like a textbook a big girthy in itself. Boy. It's a big girthy boy. Yeah, and on the back. Yeah. We have oh, a little, picture. We have a little photo of Charles Bronson himself, Maxim Gorky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About this book. Yes. The famous novel of revolutionary conversion and struggle. This novel Uh of Russia before the revolution is without question the masterpiece of Gorky, Russia's greatest living writer. Wait, living? (laughs) That dude's not alive, is he? No. (laughs) Into one passionate, astonishing book has been gathered, the spirit of the terrifying struggle against the czar's autocracy. And it's Russia... In it, in it, Russia stands forth in a flood of light. Wow. Wow. It sounds like a, a premier piece of uh, Russian uh, literature. Let us read uh, inside here. Okay. Dear, dear Jared and RJ of the Criterion mm-hmm. Creeps, globally acclaimed podcast, yep. mm-hmm. may you find in such a gorky great what you see in DS9 and minis wow your faithful listener anya interim director the maxim gorky foundation wow now i gotta say jared my genuine response because uh people as i said earlier people might think that we talked about this and stuff but uh, you didn't actually say anything about this anya person uh and the whole time i'm not gonna lie i didn't think it was a real person but uh, unless this is a very elaborate ruse that you pulled off, which I doubt because I don't think you would bother. Uh, this is a <laughs> you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't bother to trick me in such a in such a way. Um, what a fabulous, fabulous gesture from the Gorky guys. 
all, and, all, and, and gals, it's, and it's, for that matter. And it's, and it's all thanks to the lower depths. The lower depths. And the fact that men in diapers are <laughs> interesting to lots of people. It, it, it brings out the worst in some, like Akira Kurosawa. And then mm-hmm. sometimes it brings out the best in, in human beings that listen to this podcast. Well, I agree. Uh, so I like. I, I mean, I I'm fully aware of our global presence and reach, but uh, I had never actually known that uh, we have infiltrated the motherland of Mother Russia. Mm-hmm. This is news to me. But uh, I would just like to express my uh, deepest thanks to Anya, and I've never seen how your last name is written, so I won't try to uh, pronounce it. Um, but that's very nice. I, I will eat that candy, mm-hmm. and I will read that book. We'll have to like. I think we should do a a taste test at the same time. It seems unfair for me to do mm-hmm. that, but here without you, so I have to I have to allocate some. You know, I guess like up to a pound of candy mm-hmm. your way. I think what we should do is we should try to split it. Like if there's doubles, try to split it like that, and then uh, we can we can try a couple every every episode for the next couple well, weeks. You know what? Mm-hmm. It, you know what? T- you know what tomorrow is. Thursday and it's the start of October RJ oh my god and, and, and it's creeptober you know what happens in creeptober candy candy and movies and movies oh this is perfect timing per- perfect timing I, I gotta say this is like uh, the, this is like the trick-or-treating has come to us and we're not even allowed to trick-or-treat right now because that's of right. COVID that's right a hundred percent uh, I look forward to sampling all of these Russian delicacies, and uh, I hope that I'm not allergic to any of them, and I hope I don't die. <laughs> that that would be good. I don't actually have allergies, but uh, I've never tried this Russian uh, Russian cuisine before, so I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of weird ass fruit in there that I've has never entered my body. Just asbestos. Okay. Well, I think this is fabulous. I hope Anya. Uh, enclosed a or supplied a return address uh because you no, know, nothing that i can recognize as such damn well i uh, if you're listening to this uh in the email the creeps bag with your return address and uh i'll send you some canadian delicacies like ketchup potato chips and a coffee crisp Ooh. yeah <laughs> that's pretty good stuff hey Jer? not too bad not too bad well you, you have to get one of those like oversized novelty maple syrup things that like they charge like 30 fucking dollars to chumps Mm -hmm. yeah i actually had this conversation with oliver he asked me where i got my maple syrup from and i said costco Mm -hmm. uh it's 100 percent organic uh it's 100 percent maple syrup uh and it's like it's one liter it's 16 bucks at costco so pretty good up there you go yeah it's not like the when you go through uh customs at the canadian Mm -hmm. airport and they're like hey you, you want some of this you want some of the syrup? You want some? Bring it back home. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, fantastic all around. Uh, Anya, hit us with your, your mailing address, and uh, we'll we'll return the favor to the motherland, right? That's right. Wow. Wow. So emails. Oh, right. Oh, what, a, what a come down the rest of you losers are going to be. <laughs> Maybe we should have closed with that. But, uh... <laughs> I think so. Oh well. Oh well. RJ just he wanted to know about this this mysterious package. 
I did. Well, you sent me a picture on Friday that you received it, and then I was like, "What's inside?" And then you just never responded. So I was like, "Because uh. <laughs> I, I was like, like, I'm like, I gotta wait. Like, it's not, it's not addressed just to me." That's, tr- I guess, I guess that would have been a felony. It's true. All right. First up, Oliver mm-hmm. Granger. Oh baby, the OG. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Is that what he called it? No. He he's our he's like our original listener. He's our OG Oliver That's true. Oliver Granger. It's been wow, st- it's been staring me in the face the whole time. I can I I for I'm mostly just disappointed that it took you so long. More than anything, that Mulholland Drive scene. <laughs> Ryan mm-hmm. talking about that Mulholland Drive scene hit home really hard. I had the exact same reaction. Completely destroyed me. Hair sticking up on end. My dad showed me this movie when I was 11, 12 one night when it was just me and him home. (laughs) Another movie that scared me to death was Silence of the Lambs. I can't Mm -hmm. quite pinpoint how old I was when I watched this, but my mother let me watch it by myself when I was maybe eight, then left me home alone that night. (laughs) I couldn't get the night vision scene out of my head when I tried to sleep. I couldn't rewatch that movie until maybe two years ago. In my rewatch, I was so glad the sexual stuff went over my head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You don't want to know about that as a kid. As a parent, I don't know how I feel about those two incidents. I'm not sure I would let my own kids watch those movies at those ages, but then I credit my exposure to those types of movies to my love of cinema today. Under the Skin is the only movie that has truly scared me recently. Mm. Cheers. And uh, there's an addendum here. P.S. Holy fuck, it was great to hear J-Dog talk with passion about a movie. Oh, which was that? Videodrome. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah you did talk pa- pretty passionately about that. At length, with no pages of notes. I think people want the return of J-Dog. Well, uh, well so one day. <laughs> okay, just one day, that's you'll, it? You'll see some like, cameos here and there. Okay, okay. Well, uh, another global phenom here from our, our friend from Lithuania, RJ. George Hoshmaner? The one and only. Damn, what's he up to? My October. Nice. Hey, guys. It's been a while, and I wanted to write in again, if only to help you guys get to those four-hour runtimes more easily. <laughs> <laughs> Every month, I try to check what is leaving the Criterion channel at the end of the month, and this time I saw that the movies of Maurice Pilliat were leaving. If I'm pronouncing that right. P-I-A-L-E-T. Who? I don't think he is very known to you since I don't think you've logged any of his films, but he's very much present in a label I collect enthusiastically, Masters of Cinema, and I was always curious about his movies. So far, they have been very enjoyable, and I would recommend most of them were it not that they leave today. So hopefully they will return sometime. I like my horror movies in small doses, but I like the idea of having a special movie-centered month, so I decided to organize my own special event. This October will be... Hitchcocktober for me. Okay. And I will try to watch all of his work that I haven't seen. I have about hmm. 30 to go, so that is very doable, and most mm-hmm. of them have a friendly runtime. A minor problem might be that I just saw the release schedule of the channel for October, and there are quite some interesting titles. There is Videodrome that I have not yet rewatched, and collections of 70s horror and Korean cinema. Is there anything you're excited about? Enjoy your October. So have you looked at this uh, Criterion 70s horror list? You seeing this? 
You hearing about this? Uh, I did see it. Uh, there are some pretty good picks on there. I agree. I don't know if um, will it be the same here as it is like in other countries? I do. It should be for the most part. Yeah. I, I will say, uh, I did happen to read uh, old uh, Reese Hochstuhl's email, Creeptober oh, yeah. Eve, where he writes, "Hello, Jert and Arge." Hope okay. you are both gearing up for some spooky days ahead. I've re- recently seen some pretty great-looking 70s horror movies coming up on the Criterion channel. Uh, Any you guys would recommend for Creeptober? Uh, okay, I got to pull this so, up. Then. So that's two, at least, that I know of, and I haven't mm-hmm. even looked at the other emails. So maybe there'll be, like, five people asking because <laughs> it's, it's, it is uh, on brand for us. Uh, yep. Reese also writes, I thoroughly enjoyed the all-Albertan content last week. Yeah. Berta boys represent. Well, I'm sure whatever you guys watch this week won't measure up to Videodrome. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to hearing about it. Sugarhead. It's very, very true. Uh, nice to hear from Sugarhead. Nice to hear from our Lithuanian friend, George Hoshminer. And, uh, you know, I, I just, for one, I want to say that I'm pretty excited about Trog, the Freddie Francis that, I, film. I, you know what? I put it on my list. That looks pretty cool, man. And not just because Trog is a fun word to say. Although that is true, too. Uh, what else we got on here? Uh, images we talked about not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, Images is great. Uh, Ganja and Hess. People seem to be really hot on that movie. I've never seen it. Uh, I don't know if you'd be uh, loving Ganja it. and Hess. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I, I tried watching it once, and I was kind of like really taken aback by how rough it was as far as like oh, filmmaking. I was like, it's not what I want right now. And I've never gone back to it, so I probably should do that. Because, again, yeah. it does get brought up. It's like black exploitation ish vampires. Which okay. sounds good. I don't know if yeah. it's I don't know if it's a Blackula good. <laughs> but, uh, Blackula is pretty good though. I know it. Like, I know. Yeah, Scream Blackula Scream is uh, the bee's knees. Mm-hmm. Our lovers from Roy Ward Baker Criterion alum Jared, mm-hmm. will you be watching his film? I've already got that. I got Vampire that, lovers. Yeah, I got that on Blu-ray, buddy. Are you gonna watch? Oh no. Are you gonna watch <laughs> it on the channel? No. <laughs> Damn it! Okay, what where, a... where is this goddamn list? Criterion Here, do you horror. Need a, are you, do you need assistance, buddy? Here, I need an adult. Hold on. Oh, oh I, I, I'm just. I pulled up my thing. There was a picture. Oh, of here it is. I got it. I got it. Polygon.com's got me hooked up. Yeah, it's like not even the top at the beginning of Google. I'm on the actual Criterion site. I yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't fuck with that. Daughters. Right. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, I own. Okay, I've got two of these. Got added to my October list. Trog. Mm-hmm. From old Freddie Francis and The Nightcomers, directed by Michael Winner, the man behind Death Wish, (laughs) Death Wish 2, Death Wish 3. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so that's that's very nice. Oh, hey, Mm -hmm. remember Deathline, RJ? Yeah, that movie's not super good. Season of the Witch, I don't think people actually like. Crazes is Deece. Don't Look Now. I mean, that's like, that's a little too legit you know what i'm saying well that's gonna come up actually in the criteria exactly class, sisters so done i mean wicker man is like yeah if you haven't seen wicker man watch wicker man black christmas i yep. is like more of a christmas movie mm-hmm. hey death dream remember death dream rj 
I do remember Death Dream. These are uh, lots of... Uh, I, I'm actually surprised at the amount of these I've actually seen, which is yeah. pretty neat. It's Alive, Texas... Well, It's Alive's okay, mutant baby action. Uh, mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, again, all-time classic. Shivers. I wonder if it'll be un- uncut or it'll be like the Vestron Blu-ray that just came out. That's like super cheap in the U.S., completely mm-hmm. unavailable off Amazon.ca where you have to order it from the States anyway. It's bullshit. Like, it's, like, Shame super cheap. It's, like, $10 U.S. Mm. God damn. The Tenant. That's ah, a little too classy, Roman Polanski. Mm-hmm. A little too classy. The Witch Who Came From the Sea, I have in the... Uh, that's some regional horror film right there. Is that uh, something I should have my eyes on? Yeah, throw that on your list. I don't think you'll like it or anything like that, but uh, toss it on yeah, there. You should definitely watch it. You're not going to like it at all, uh, but uh, Com- I highly suggest Coma's it. is not a horror movie. That is a 70s thriller. Michael Creighton. Yep. All right. Uh, Long Weekend is like about two, two, two like a husband, husband and wife, and they're fighting on a beach, and then there's like mm. kind of like a, a a sea creature, and like nature turns against them kind of. Mm. That's, what it's, about Body Snatchers? Well, that movie's awesome. Uh, again, like these yeah. are the movies that like if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen 70s Invasion of the Body Snatchers, do it. Do it to it. So, so you were saying Long Weekend, there's a guy on a beach with an egg? Uh, with like a, there's like a sea creature okay. that's like Not be- an egg, that's beached, I think. Or okay. they kill something, and then nature, Mother Nature turns on this, this couple. All right. All right. All right. It's, uh, it's like a bit more of a heady Australian uh, horror mm. thing, and it's very 70s. Mm-hmm. How do you like that picnic and hanging rock? That movie's got a little bit of that vibe going on. Not very much. You know. So there you go. That, that that's a jumping over this list. Let's scare Jessica to death. I just got the Blu-ray of that, and mm-hmm. the first time I watched it, I did not like it at all. But it seems like everyone else does. So maybe I should rewatch that and give it another yeah. shot. But there's a so those are the big ones. But there's also like there's daily things here directed by Barbara. Copel, Dear Boy, and Antichrist. We need to talk about Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Videodrome uh, on Friday. Uh, Cat People, The Blob, Beware the Blob. The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, starring Joan Crawford. There's like six movies there. What else we got, Jared? Town Bloody Hall. You know about that? You're hearing about that? From D.A. Pennebaker, the yeah. man who brought us uh, the Monterey Pop Festival. Yeah. Uh, it's a debate. It's a, like it's a debate documentary. <laughs> Whew. What about uh, here's some shorts for you, Jared? Influenza from Bong Joon Ho and Cash from Michael Haneke. Hell yeah! So you can watch some shorts. We got uh, Trouble in Paradise. The Lubitch. Get out of here, Lubitch. Nobody wants that. What else we got in here? Any other horror things? I thought there was more. Hmm. Oh, Women Filmmakers of New World Pictures. This looks like horror. No? Uh, The Student Nurses by Stephanie Rothman. The Velvet Vampire by Stephanie Rothman. Humanoids from the Deep, Jarrett. Barbara Peters. That's surprising. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre. And Suburbia from Penelope Spheris. Interesting pronunciation. Is that not how you say Spheris? Okay. Uh, there's yeah. other there's Korean movies too. Okay. 
Lots of Bong Joon Ho. Lots of. It's uh, not very horror y. Ji Woon. What's Shutter got lined up? Anything exciting? Like two, three days ago, and it's. Or like a week or two ago, it's like 61 days of uh, oh. horror or something like that. Um, Shutter. Halloween. Hey, Quarantine. we got a lot of uh, emails about Creeptober, so I might as well just jump into the next one while you're looking this up. Okay. All okay. right. Yeah, you do that. I'll I do got, my thing. I got Justin Peterson here with oh, an email baby. entitled, Let Creeptober Begin. Hey, Jared and RJ. What's happening? With Halloween movie season upon us, I decided to kick things off with a good old Creeps recommendation with the bum exploitation flick Street Trash. Well, that's Ooh. a movie that certainly did whatever the fuck it wanted to while occasionally turning those people hooked on booze into goo. I can't say I really liked it, but it was an interesting change of pace for me. (laughs) Well, at least he gave it a try. That's the important thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think my my review of Street Fresh holds up pretty good. I uh, I can't remember. Something about a guy throwing a dick or something, right? Well, that happens in the movie, but my review is more about like how like it really like you you think it's going to go one way and then Deeks goes the other way like oh, right. cops beating up a guy in the bathroom he throws him mm-hmm. down in front of a urinal and you think oh shit this cop's going to pull his dick out and piss on this guy's face but no the guy proceeds to just like shove his mm. finger down his throat and puke on him and you're like well yeah. damn yeah you're uh, you're absolutely right Jerry. yeah and uh yeah the movie shot absolutely right absolutely yeah there's that there's that thing again um <laughs> and yeah, it's it's directed by the one guy who was all about um, steady camps. So it has some mm. pretty uh, ambitious shots. It's got raping evil hobos and good hobos and substance abuse. It's a it's a rotten apple classic. In what sense? In all what I just said, and the colors, the beautiful colors on display. Okay. Well. All right. Well. I mean, I kind of believe you. Actually, I do. I like Street Trash. That's a good show. There you go. Yeah. But which, oh, which creep? Which sorry? Which creeps recommendation should I check out this week? Not like us or video violence? I mean, honest to God, you should just do a double header of those. If anything, that's what I would do. Jarrett's never seen Not Like Us. Yeah. Uh, but Jarrett has seen video violence and uh, what did you think of that one uh that that bride of the vampire music the, mm-hmm. the, the score of video violence is uh marvelous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very very good i like both of those movies i say watch them both and if it was me video violence would be my pick other mm-hmm. movies i will definitely be checking out for the first time this year include friday the 13th the final chapter Freddy's mm. Revenge, The Greasy mm. Strangler, Ooh. Vampire, which I'm uh-huh. assuming is the 1930s one. Like yeah. the early, yeah, I think that's what he—that's one he means. Dracula, 1931, Brain mm. Dead, Class of Newcomb High, From Beyond. Ooh, baby, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Goat movie question of the week. Who are your favorite last girls or other tropes in horror movies? I will differ to you. Or I will defer to you, experts, for this one. But I love a good, a, a good possession movie and horror movies that genuinely creep me out. 
Hmm. Possession in movies that creep you out. Uh, there's a lot of rape possession movies. Those will creep you out, right, Jarrett? Well, you know, like possession movies. There's that one that was about that rape ghost. Do you remember that one? I might, you lent it to me. What was oh. that called? The the inc- not the incubus. The, 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 the entity. The entity. That's the one. That's one. That's, that's one of your favorite tropes. Uh, no, never mind. A bigger pie. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I thought he. I thought he had. When you were talking, I was. I found the shutter thing. By the way. Okay. Uh, when you, you, were you were distracted. I thought you. All I heard was, <laughs> "I like final girls." What about you guys? Also, I like uh, um, possessions and things that creep me out. And, so then Arj- like, and then Arj goes, "I like rape ghosts and rape possession." I, and I, I go, say, "What?" I didn't say, like. I, I, didn't say uh, I like. I said something like. Oh, something like. Look what you did to me, Jared. Uh, wow. Good thing you're a character on a podcast. Yeah, good thing I'm not actually, uh, it's not a real opinions of mine. Good. Right? We're what are good. your, we got it all covered now. It's all nice and tidy little package. <laughs> yeah, we're, we are 100% good. Nothing could ever come back to us because we are characters for a podcast. Anyways, what are your favorite horror tropes? Horror tropes. I mean, cosmic horror. It's got it's good, right? Despite oh, there's yeah. that one fucking YouTube video that goes around, what movies can't get right about cosmic horror? Is it the colors? Is that what they say? Like the colors out of space? No, the literal colors. Oh no! Oh. I think this mean like oh, it never hits. Well, I remember, remember the void. Remember that? I do. I do. No. Yeah. So, cos is cosmic horror is the one you do like, but people shit on it. Is that what you're saying? Well, I was making some more uh, a snide comment about oh, I see. there's there's like a very popular video on YouTube all about it, and it's like whatever. I gotcha. What? Who who made that video? I don't know. Uh, YouTube made it. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I've never um, watched it, <laughs> but then but, that, but, but I've heard people sense. repeat it, say like, yeah, you know, I just don't think movies can do cosmic horror right. Uh, Backwoods Horror is awesome. Oh yeah, as like a, yeah. I guess like a, I mean that's an entire like story, I guess in itself. Um, I like tunnel horror. Can you describe an example? As uh, above, at, so below. Yeah, or uh, okay. Merabito, uh, which is just like yeah, underground horror stuff is usually pretty awesome because usually it leads to underground dwellers. Mm, Chud of, of the cannibalistic humanoid kind. Right, right. What about Rambo Last Blood? Would that fit in your underground chud category? No. Not enough. It's uh, 30 minutes of the movie is underground ripping throats. I mean, I mean he tears up some hearts, but he doesn't eat the it eat the heart, I don't believe. Or at uh, least not on not I, on th- panel. Th- that well, maybe it didn't uh, hit the uh, editing room floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. So you like backwoods? You like tunnels yep uh what else you got i don't know i i do not have a favorite last girl offhand um no i don't i don't think about it you don't it that subscribe way. to that no nope. <laughs> no nope. even though they make they, they make entire movies about it you know who uh i watched that final girls movie mm-hmm. it's okay uh you know who my favorite final girl is jared hmm. ernest p whirl from uh ernest scared stupid you remember that movie you seen that yeah have you heard of it 
He's my favorite. You know what my favorite trope is? And uh, I'm not saying this to play up to the type of the character that I play for this podcast, but I genuinely like it. I like Catholic horror. But so much of it's so bad. So, I mean, you don't watch a like, lot of it. Well, is why, why aren't you watching more bad. exorcist horror stuff? Uh, like what? I've seen I don't know. Exorcist the exorcism of Emily Rose. Or I've seen that. Okay. What about, yeah, you uh, find one I have to watch. Okay. Uh, well, watch fine. I will. I will find you a list of you have to now become just, just the one. you have to become a uh, a big fan of the Catholic horror yeah. genre. Okay. Yeah, you got to you got to know it inside and out. You like that. I'm I mean, cuz you like that uh the Sentinel. Sentinel's good stuff. Uh wait, what was in the Sentinel? Like <laughs> lots have I of, seen that? And you know it's true it's directed by too. That's Michael nice. Winner. Oh, maybe I haven't seen the Sentinel. I think I thought I would have lent that to you for sure. It's got uh, I think Jeff Goldblum shows up in it for like a second. I like that. Sure well, does. I, I do like um Michael Winner. So I like the Catholic stuff, but I also actually really like uh, I just like like haunts. I think haunts are cool. I don't think there's a lot of good haunts. I've never seen The Sentinel, by the way. Yeah, what the fuck? So I can watch that. Uh, I've never seen, or there aren't a lot of good haunts, but I like this to my list because there's a on my what do you like? list. There's about ten of those movies I don't actually have the copies of yet. Okay. So, um, so I, I have room to fill stuff in. Do you own The Sentinel, or I, is it easily? I, I do. I do have a Sentinel. Okay. It might be also easily accessible, though. Because okay. I, on my list, I don't have anything from Blood Circus to Halloween Horrors. And I had a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, and uh, another friend uh, that I won't out at this moment. Uh, they they saw that Halloween Horrors movie, and they said this is pretty pretty problematic that this is in your list, which I agree. Uh, the a- Sentinel is on Hoopla. No, I don't... I mean, do is that still free through the library, Hoopla? I think so. Okay. But I don't have it, though. It sounds like it might be a pain in the ass. Maybe you can get it through your uh, colleagues' accounts where, where, where you work. Hey, you know what's crazy? Uh, my work, uh, there is a... You don't have a job. Why are you I lying do, to I us? I do actually have one now. Uh, right. Just, you know, on the side. Um, I just found out that the... The place I work at has a subscription to the Criterion channel. But do they have a subscription to the Criterion Creeps podcast? They do not. So they are oh. they are down on that sense. But I already have the channel. But uh, if I didn't, I could use that. But the only the only downside is it has to be in the building that you use the rocket. Oh. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. What were we talking about? Foodie question of the week. All oh, right. Check out the attached picture and pick the number that represents the way you like your bacon cooked. I have okay. sent this to you, RJ. Okay. Did you? I did on. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm a three four. Yeah, I'm same. In between three and four, yeah. so right in the middle. Yeah. You don't uh, want it too sloppy, but you don't want it burnt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. Slopping it around when you bite into it, a little bit of Ooh. grease coming off. Oh, it's, that's the way it's got to be. If one eats. Poor pig. I I actually I I don't always like eating uh eating the pork products. I feel kind of bad sometimes. No. Pigs are pretty smart. I mean, it's it's too bad bacon doesn't. They taste pretty good, but it does. 
I like option two, Justin writes, which is cooked just past being raw and is a little chewy. I find Oof. societies against people who like their bacon cooked this way since the term for it at restaurants is limp bacon, which sounds negative to me. Also, do you think mm. Canadian bacon is better? It's not It's not even the same. It's not, yeah. I, I think the, the, the moniker Canadian bacon was a, a scam. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just ham. Yeah. Like, we don't call it Canadian bacon. It's just ham. Do you want bacon or ham? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the only people who call it Canadian is the States? I, th- I, think. I think so. Trying to keep... Wow. Yeah. Who is the scamster, though? Is it is it Canadians or is it the Americans? It could have been us scamming them into tricking them that it, was, it wasn't just ham. They said, we eat this for bacon all the time. <laughs> yes, big old hunk of ham on your sandwich. Your, uh, on your I egg like, sandwich. Yeah. I, yeah. I like both. It just depends what you're in the mood for. Well, like, I, I don't think... think like Rick, You have to, like, go out of your way to get Canadian bacon, though. It's not like... Most places just have bacon. Yeah, most places are just bacon. There's uh, occasional places that have ham also, but uh, I wouldn't say too many no. for ha- hammy boys. Yeah. I have a friend called Ham. Does that count? What's that? I have a friend called Ham. Does that oh. count? Do you eat him? Or, or um, do you go chud on him? I'd prefer not to say. With JD talking about those recent Netflix docs, I decided to check them out as well. So far, what I've seen of the social dilemma is really dumb, but High Score yeah. brought back some great memories. Or, do you know about this High Score, RJ? High Score? I've heard of it. Uh, so for the toy question of the week, tell us about some of your video gaming history. Oh my god, that's a that's a that's a big, big that's a big, big matzo ball. What has he got here? Here is mine in television. DOS computer, trips to the arcade, NES, Game Boy, Apple II at school, SNES, Team Nintendo Kid, mm-hmm. in brackets, computer games, Doom, Wolfenstein, and Mech Warrior, N64, Cube, PS3, Android Phone, Facebook, uh, uh-huh. 2DS, Nintendo Wii, PS4, Switch. Although I have not given that Animal Crossing a try yet, mm. that's too bad. Him and George C. Scott Bailey could meet up in the uh, the virtual creep. That's right. World. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. Video game history is pretty big topic, I think. And we have. I, it's too bad we didn't talk about it last week because oh, that yes. would have added an extra hour. Yep. Onto our podcast, but. Uh, um, I don't know, Jared. Uh, I could get into it, but suffice to say, I'm a big Nintendo boy, and I roll hard with Donkey Kong. I like Donkey Kong, Jared. Donkey Kong Country? All of them. Donkey all Kong them. Country specifically, but uh, yeah. all those Super Nintendo Donkey Kongs. Ooh. Girl. Girl. It's good stuff. Diddy Kong. I like Diddy's Conquest. Uh Donkey Kong 3 is, uh, you know, people kind of shit on it. It's not as good as the first two, but it's still a good platforming game. Like, it's still fun. You got Baby Kong. He kind of looks like you. Mm-hmm. You ever seen Baby Kong? Yeah. Yes, I think. He kind of looks like you. Okay. So, I yeah, I mean, I'd say that my video game history is pretty close to Justin's. I, I, didn't, I did not have an N64 or Cube until much later. Like way mm-hmm. way after their uh, 
heyday, I guess. Or actually, GameCube was just on its way out, and the Wii had just come out when I bought an N64 and GameCube. Yeah. Uh, I did have a PS2, uh, which doubled as a PS1. Played a mm-hmm. bunch of. I did play PS1 at the comic book store. Ooh, That's where I did actually sure. a lot of my gaming because I wasn't. I was spending my money on comics, not on uh, game systems. Mm-hmm. Never had a, a a device to play video games on via a phone or iPod, mm-hmm. and uh, never got into the Facebook games. I had a 3ds. What was that like? It's fine. I got to Wait, play. I, like, I mean, I have a 3ds, but what, Elite, what was it like Elite, for you? It's fine. Elite Beat Agents. I played that a lot. Oh, that, that was a. That was good. Professor Layton and Phoenix wow. Wright. You were a true gamer. I, I, I had I had my moments in, right. in, in the gaming. Uh, yeah, and yeah, high score I watched the first episode of, and it was okay. I mean, the one thing that was kind of a waste of time was like they gave more time to the fucking E.T. Atari story. Oh, that's Which, like, well I'm like, there's already an entire documentary about this. Do we need another segment for that? I mean, it, it touched on other things as well but i just yeah. it opened with that and then the rest of the documentary is about like just that switch from like arcade like with space invaders and the boom of arcades to mm-hmm. um home gaming i guess yeah but yeah it, i watched the first episode and it was okay next time i probably go over to Corey's. we'll continue watching those okay but, that sounds pretty cool it's not bad uh, oh, Justin Ellis writes, I finally saw The Lady Vanishes this week and revisited your episode in which it was only an hour and a half long. Remember those days? I, I, I long for them. Looking forward to your discussion on the Battle of Algiers because that movie's pretty great. Thanks for the time, gents, and have a great start to Creeptober. Cheers. God damn, it's, it's good to hear from him and good to hear that he's supporting our creeping. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize you're such a gamer boy, Jarrett. I have all of the Nintendo systems. I'm one of the only people in the world who actually bought a Nintendo Wii U. So uh, I was uh, one of the only ones tricked into actually getting that. I think, but I got I, it. I think like I think a few people got tricked. A few people did, but uh, it yeah. actually had really good games. It's just its life cycle was like three years long, and then they they were just like, eh, fuck it. Yeah, we're done with this. Yep. So. Anyways, hey, do you want to hear about what's coming to Shutter during, <laughs> during these months? I beg your pardon. Yes, sure. Uh, something was just released uh, called Spiral, not uh, okay. Chris Rock Spiral, but something else. Okay, I did see uh, someone just log that already. Uh huh. Something called Scare Me Sundance 2020 official selection. During a power outage, two strangers tell scary stories. Oh, so that must be anthology. An anthology. Yep. Uh, Veronica, the Glenn Danzig oh, movie. Boy. So I got that on my list. Oh, but boy. that's not until... Uh, oh, no, it's on there already. Um, so very exciting. Uh, <laughs> get a load of this, Jared. You hearing this? You seeing this? The Vincent Price Collection. Available October 1st. What's in here? We have five classic films starring The Merchant of Menace, featuring three of Price's acclaimed Edgar Allan Poe films directed by Roger Corman. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, House of Usher, Mask of Red Death, Tomb of Legia, along with Theater of Blood and The Monster Club. Monster Club, that's Roy Ward, Roy Ward Baker as well. Damn. Uh, Ghoul Log, that's pretty cool if you've never seen it. The Cleansing Hour, don't know what that is. 
Uh, Max and Drew are millennial entrepreneurs who've made themselves famous with a webcast they created called The Cleansing Hour, which streams live exorcisms. Okay. Uh, The Mortuary Collection. Uh, A young drifter applies for a job at the local mortuary and meets an eccentric mortician who chronicles the strange history of the town through a series of twisted tales. So a lot of anthology movies. Damn. 32 Melanasia Street. It's 1976. Okay, if you tell, if you say so. Almada family is moved to countryside, new life in Madrid. Uh, supernatural thriller. Okay, Joe Bob special, uh, October 23rd. Made the devil take you to. Uh, Timo Tijanto has made a name. ABC's The Death of VHS 2 person. Uh, this is action extravaganza. Fuck, they don't even describe the movie. It's just talking about this guy. Okay, whatever. Uh, Halloween Halloween Hotline. Every Friday in October, uh, offering callers live personalized picks for what to watch. Okay. Okay. All right, that's it. Wow. I'm done. Huge. Huge. <laughs> wow. Huge. What were you doing? Actium Jackson Maximus. Holy shit. Hey, creeps. First and foremost, congratulations on the excellent Videodrome episode. Friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, was a no-brainer as to who should be on the episode, yet it completely slipped my mind as I assumed it would be the elusive ham meat. What a... Oh! (laughs) Damn! Well, RJ ate him, so he can't be on this show. He's dead. Or partially devoured. RJ, are are you keeping him in the closet? No, that's my data poster. I know oh, okay. it's it looks life-sized, it looks real, but no. uh, it's just a poster. If you deliver oh. on your alluded to promise of increasing the show's length by half an hour every week, come spine 576 Secret Sunshine. Wow. Uh, you'll be recording for the whole week. I figured I'd jump in on the fast food talk and say that in Bothell. We have a local place called The Burger Ranch. That's pretty excellent. I don't eat burgers, but can testify for the excellence of their fries and milkshakes. I wanted to suggest a film from Hungary titled Twilight. It's Mm -hmm. a slow police procedural with only a poor VH rip, as far as I know, that's worth it nonetheless. I'm not sure if it counts, but after watching certified Jared Pick Vampiros Lesbos, I'd be 100% mm. content with Jess Franco being subject for a May podcast. See, you hearing, hearing this, RJ? I'm seeing this. Mm-hmm. What would you suggest for someone beginning with their PhD in perversion from the man? The mention of a memoirs of an invisible man reminded me of this excellent poster that I think everyone should see as well. Keep up the great work and happy creeping. Actium Jackson Maximus. P.S. Did you catch... Did you catch Pepe Lamoco's cameo in Battle of Algiers? Pepe the shit? I did not catch his cameo. I didn't. Uh... Did you? Mm, well, I never saw him because it's 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 the Casbah, RJ. Uh... Oh. I see. Hey, are you going to send me this picture? Yeah, just... yeah. Pipe down, rub-a-dub. Well, just, just get it. Do it. One second. I've got to, I've got to navigate. Chat. Just do there it. You go. You go. Oh, there you go. Send it to me. There you go. It's not here yet. Well, I sent it to you via Skype chat. Where? Skype chat? 
the fuck? Yeah. What is? It's fast. It's faster. This you're, way. you're throwing curveballs. You're going from. You're going from that. To that's that. not oh, the. Oh. That's not the only curves, and balls uh-huh. here. Uh, I might shock you. Erotic Misadventures of the Invisible Man is uh, on my watch list, I believe. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty pretty nice. Pretty nice graphic. I mean, who wouldn't want to check out the Erotic Misadventures of the Invisible Man? I, I think is is that not like a Jim Wynorski or like no, a... so this is you're thinking of so yeah Rolf uh, Kanevsky director of There's Nothing Out There. He was uh, uh he was a guest on the now abandoned question mark Shockwaves podcast. Yeah, that's not never coming back. Oh, right, that's never coming back. That's dead, isn't it? Well, it, it's on hiatus. Okay. But yeah, this Rolf uh, Konevsky guy, he, man, that was a really depressing episode. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I remember that now because I actually have, uh, his other film, the hazing on my current list, uh, for 2020, because it has none other than God's favorite son, Brad, as, as Brad Dourif himself. So yeah, I'm checking this dude out, uh, this, uh, this month. Are you going to watch erotic invisible man? <sighs> I feel like I owe it to Jackson. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You do. Check this out. This other film, Jarrett. Sex Files, Alien Erotica. Hmm. Why am I only hearing about this for the first time? Oh, it's on my alien list already. Of course it right. is. Well, damn. Didn't, didn't I just talk about Just Franco the other week? I, I gave a lay down. Uh, you did. Just yeah. give a, give Jackson one title that you okay. think would be okay. good for him. All just right. one. Okay, so he's got just Vampiros Lesbos. So, I mean, that's really good. Uh, she Killed an Ecstasy is worth a watch. Female Vampire, I think, is still one of my favorites of his. Okay. And, like, yeah, the his, like, 80s stuff doesn't have quite the same vibe to it until you start getting into like what 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 makes this guy tick uh hmm they're all so dreamy rj it's like Lesbos. oh it's this franco i mean it's like he's just shooting mm. movies on vacation that he happens to be at, at the hotel with all these with these, oh. with these beautiful women well that's kind of like how we record this podcast For pretty much we're surrounded by beautiful people. By, by, by the beach. By the beach. Yeah. Right near the beach. The beach. You remember that one? And finally, Jared Burger. Oh. Talking the, about is he gonna be talking is he gonna guy? be talking about burgers is the question. Well, who knows? We'll see. Creeptober is upon us. To the creeps. As mm-hmm. per last week's request, I had some of that infamous Whataburger you guys envy. I got oh. a I got a Whataburger of cheese, tomato, extra lettuce, and extra onion and mustard. I've mm-hmm. only been going to Wada for about three years, so I haven't perfected the menu yet. The uh, the fries are really great, pretty much McDonald's but better. The burger is mm-hmm. all right. I'm indifferent to it, to be honest. Oof. Oof. You know, actually, uh, friend of the show Frank Santoro uh, messaged me directly saying that he thinks Whataburger is overrated. God damn. So controversial to say the least. But I think even more controversial is the order that Jared Burger real guy had. Did you say double lettuce? Double cheese, double mayo, double extra, mustard? Extra lettuce, extra, extra onion, and mustard. So he's he's extra in 
a lot of stuff. This is a big burger. That's a big boy burger. That's, Do you know what I mean? It's a lot of. I mean, that's that's good though. It kind of justifies yeah. the burger. And he's a big boy. Keeps it flowing. He needs a big burger. I put up my Creeptober watch list, but I made my selection mm. on what was already in my watch list. Criterion Creeps I need to check off and Criterion Channel Picks. They are adding a lot of Cronenberg to the channel this month, so I'll be watching through that stuff. I know Cronenberg was last week, but how would you rank his filmography? What should I be wary of? So far, I've only watched The Fly, Videodrome, and Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers, I must add, was truly incredible, but this is well discussed on the pod. That's all for this week. Excited to hear more food talk. <laughs> Jared Berger, real guy. He's a real guy. He's a real guy. Cronenberg, I mean, so I'm looking at his list. He's got Scanners, uh, The Brood, Rabid, and Shivers on here. I mean, that about rounds it out for Cronenberg, no? For, like, the actual horror stuff, because then you start to get into his... Uh... His real work. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I think what he's watched is the, the cream of the crop so far. Scanners, we'll get to it eventually, but I think that movie starts at 100 miles an hour, and then by the time it's yeah. done, it's at zero. So it's... Yeah, I mean, Shivers. Totally watched some Shivers, I think. Yeah, Shivers has got some cool stuff. And, I mean... I am not the biggest fan of The Brood, but other people are. I like The Brood. Dead Zone is will bring you some Stephen King. Ah, yeah, I didn't even think of the Dead Zone. But that's, that's about it, I honestly. Like, I mean, yeah, that's 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 all, right? Yeah, yep. Well, I mean, and because his other stuff, like Maps to the Stars, Cosmopolis, uh, Dangerous. Uh, method, history of violence. Those aren't really horror films. Those are kind of his own brand yeah. of thing. Existence so. is kind of like Videodrome Redux. Spider is more like kind of a yeah. very much a product of the era where everyone was making these sort of intense, low key, damaged white men living in dilapidated mm-hmm. houses. Which is my, I love this genre. But like Spider is like pretty forgettable, even by mm-hmm. that standard. I say. Yep. I haven't seen that, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, I'm I'm looking at Jared Berger's uh, October watch list. I'm pretty I'm pretty taken aback that he just called it flat out October watch list horror and not uh, you know uh, anything you know a little spicier like the Berg Tober or something like that. But uh, I do actually I do remember now him saying that he doesn't really go out of his way for horror stuff. Right. But there's some good stuff on here. Uh, number one, uh, the '80s Blob. Uh, that should be, you gotta hit that one. If if not, or if you don't hit any of the others, just watch the Blob for sure. Uh, Texas Chainsaws in here, which is very good. Uh, it follows is pretty good. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, very good. He's got Tusk in here, Jarrett. So uh, that's actually available for free on CBC Gem Fantastic. if you want to watch Tusk. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then he's got some good stuff like. Uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, which is better than Bride of Frankenstein. Images. He's got the two uh, Warhol movies that we actually had a guest, an actual guest from an the interview. Criteria. Yeah. Yeah, not not the Warhol movies, the Warhol produced. Old, old Maurice Yakowar? Maurice Yakowar himself, yeah. On here. Uh, I'd say you could save that for outside of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hills Have Eyes. Not a good show in my my opinion, but, uh, you know, make of it uh, what you will, you know. So he's a real guy, this Jared Berger. He is indeed. Uh, that's yes. it for the emails, RJ. Nice. 
what you been creeping on? Uh, I watched two movies, actually. No, you didn't. Did I you? did. Oh. And I watched some fucking Star Trek. What do you want to hear about, buddy? <sighs> well, RJ, as always, mo- yeah. I want to hear about that DS9. DS9? We're oh. leading with DS9? But what's this, RJ? What? Is, is this my... Are these my notes from DS9 oh. from oh. from several years ago that I I found? Uh, so for the viewers at home, uh, Jared just pulled look, out look, a look, uh, look, look, look at these look at the look at the writing. Wow, a bound notebook. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a sketchbook that became uh, where I was supposed to be, you know, drawing in. But I, I began to draw my thoughts and expressions. And taking notes as I went through, and I, I, my, my classification, I think, was a little. I didn't do. A, there's no point system. I believe uh-huh. there, examples are, yes, nope, meh, <laughs> no. And so I, that's I, a four. That's a four point. But I think system. there's also. I think there's also fine. Oh, so you're on a five scale? No, my my system though worked on the idea that. Uh, these were like a guide. Like if someone was going to watch DS9, what episodes okay. would you need to watch or part of the story that okay. drive forward? So where did you start taking notes? Season one, episode oh, one. Why didn't you pull that out at season one then? Because I couldn't find it. And then I found oh. it. So are you going to hit me with your hot ratings? I'll go, I'll read along with you. My, I have like pretty, like I, I went through like, I have a lot of things. I'm like, oh, RJ, you're not picking up on some of this stuff. Well, you should, well, see, that's Disapp- the thing. Disappointment. I mean, here I am expecting you were bringing your A game. For uh, instance, but you know what though? You're watching everything. Uh, uh-huh. When I read the description of episode six, Melora, I wrote, uh-huh. from all reports, this sounds like a real dog. Skip. Uh, that is the, uh, I knew her. Oh, that's with the dis, uh, the the person who can't walk, gravity based oh. disability. And, uh, episode nine, second uh-huh. sight. Uh, my note there was, wow, don't give a fuck. What did I write for episode nine? Uh, Cisco gets catfished by a mind ghost. See, we're we're kind of in tune. In simpatico. Well, <laughs> I want your uh, season one updates. Is that going to take too long to run uh, through? Well, or... I'd, have to, I'd have to. Well, fuck, buddy. I've got a lot here. I almost would make more sense for me to translate it. Maybe. Um, I don't even know how we would do it at this During point. During the DS9 re- recap, you'll just come in real soft and say, this is my feelings on season one. <laughs> That's Isn't that like what we usually do? Yeah. Did you finish season two? Jarrett, I did what I needed to do, and I finished season two. Oh, yeah. Oh, I am done. I am going in guilt-free Fuck October. Yeah. Hell yeah. I can have a Hell 31 yeah. day reprieve of DS9 so I can just just watch horror. I got it done. I did what I needed to do, buddy. So, you want me to just kind of roll where I'm at and then you'll you'll cut in with your well, notes? Uh, here's a couple of here's like a random note that I, I was laughing about from episode 5 of the season Kardashian Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, bigoted O'Brien. He's always a hair from going on about bloody immigrants. Glad to have Kiko dig in on him over that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, O'Brien does not like the immigrants. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 questionable stuff here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I did make a note though in that episode that Bashir's acting greatly improved. I mean, his acting is kind of fine. I just I think the character sucks. I, like... I think he was like really poor early on, but I think there's a point mm-hmm. where he becomes better. I guess. Okay. Yeah, I can kind of get on board with that. And I did. Oh, me... there, was, there was the episode when that that noirish episode with Odo. Yeah. What What were your opinions on that one? Oh, there's like the one line. Yeah, I did. Uh, I loved the noir opening with Odo just talking about how about such things are actually pointless and just create something else to file. Where he's like, ah. And then of course, when a man has only a bucket, notes don't make sense. <laughs> well. I mean, you, you, you can't pay Odo. I, I also than made that. the comment that Odo Columbo did. He did Columbo it. Yeah, See? that's a good episode. What about the the previous episode, 2.07, where the Nagus rips Coke? Did you catch on uh, to that? Well, I wrote, like... I wrote, ah, Sleeping Morn. Ah, yes, the always naked, submissive Ferengi female. Mm. Tula berries. Mm-hmm. Uh, the. Redskins are like SNL aliens, which works for the comedy Ferengi episodes. Mm-hmm. Dax is kind of awesome. You're a Ooh. woman, and, and and this I also made a mention. This is the first mention of the Dominion, and the Dominion is. Well, I guess you're gonna find out soon, buddy. Damn. If not by the end of this very recap. Okay. I'm gonna. Should I? Should I find my my few rare four out of four episodes and see what your opinion is on those? I oh, there was only one. Yeah. Which one? One nineteen. Of uh, season two. Oh, that was of the season uh, one. Yeah, duet. Yeah, well, the okay, judge so from this is okay. My notes. Uh, I haven't read this over. Well, this is already much much better. Hmm. Uh-huh. If every Bajoran freaks out at the mere sight of a Cardassian, what about the Taylor Garrick who has disappeared for the last sixteen episodes? Looking at IMDb, only 37 appearances out of 147. Ah, uh, the war criminal plot. Ah, uh, the unrepentant war criminal. Sweet. Or the most brilliant file clerk in the galaxy. See? You you had it. You had it. So, okay, wait. I'm glad that you, you kind of had some of the same ideas as me. But I need a little bit... Uh, I need a little context. How old were you when you wrote these notes? And were you watching these? What year was this? Were you watching them live? Uh, this was have been this would have been 2012, so eight years ago. Oh, okay. So you were not live then. No, fuck no. This like what? <laughs> these are not from 1994. Uh, oh, beep boop. Yeah, are you beaming in? Oh wow! Uh, I'm You're, yeah okay. We're, we're back, baby. Be back. Miles got that you was back. Weird. Yeah, no, I was okay. laugh. I was laughing at you because I'm like, no, these are oh, not yeah. notes from 1994 when I was <laughs> fucking eleven. Well, you're a huge nerd. I mean, my 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 printing here is actually pretty damn nice. Oh, what does this mention here? Uh, I think on episode 15 of season one, I made a comment about Bajoran hillbillies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's always some of those. Uh, what else? Oh, ooh. What are some season ones? What were some low points? I don't know, man. Uh, 1.09, my review is just... You're getting... You're, uh, the, the connection's getting really bad now. Yeah. So where Let's... should we pick up from? Fuck. 
Uh, I mean, I could start where I finished off on season two if you want, unless you want to kind of hit some season one notes. I can. Like, hey, what was the so what was the one episode that you like real like one of the first ones you really like one starred because you were at the beginning you were all one, two two out of four. One oh one oh oh nine. The passenger. So here's my notes. Okay. So I wrote, yeah, but the payoff in acting. I wrote, make me live. The opening of this is kind of amazing. What a good idea for a villain. Vantaka, sort of a dark sorcerer in Star Trek. George Primin, eh? I don't know what that means anymore. G- it's a giallo. <laughs> yeah, as soon as the fingernail thing pops up, it is obviously Bashir possessed. And then there's some, uh, it must be a line from the episode, hailing? Us? So, Vantica or whatever is nicely set up for the future. Oh, never mind. Lol. <laughs> so clearly he just gets killed. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the end of the episode was like, I have the worst headache. Ha 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 ha. I can just like lack off. Um, mm-hmm. that, that episode is truly, <laughs> truly bad. Because, yeah, that one sucks. Uh, what, are, what are the other ones I got? Hey, what did you think of 117? 117. Hmm. Uh, wait a minute. Did you skip it? I must Because I, is, I, is you that know the, why? Is that the Luxwana episode? Yeah, I yep. skipped it. I didn't even make oh. a note about it. I just skipped right over 16. Actually, 17 and 18 I skipped over. It's too bad that you skipped over the Loxana one because it's not bad, but I think you would have liked it because it's got some good Odo canon. Oh, on episode 16, I have a comment here. Bashir likes his nipple play. Uh, that's You know what my review of that episode is? Bashir the incel. Oh, no. There's another episode, too. Uh, I think it's the one where I think you made... Like, oh, it's episode 8, the Dax episode. Fuck is Bashir a creeper? <laughs> See? You even thought so eight years ago. Yeah. So it, it all makes sense. Uh, Bashir's yep. super gross. And then, yeah, not there's not a ton in season one, to be honest. Like, season one's pretty, pretty just, it's it's there, I well, think. But most, like, I'd say over half the episodes one should watch. Because they do oh, something, yeah. they do, they serve a purpose, I guess. Yeah. Okay. But enough, enough of this, enough of this prattling on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Some, some of these uh, comments are uh, were not meant to be read. Are they problematic? I don't know. We're going to find out. So do you want me to uh, hit you with uh, where I left off? Sure, please do. All right, so here's where I left off. Uh, last time I finished on 213, which was Bashir tries to explain why being an incel is good, which I'm not even our, kidding. Our Armageddon game. Mm-hmm. Cold opening starts like the end of an episode. Where do we go from here? Uh oh, the gladiator wannabes are busting up the party. Mm-hmm. What slice was Cisco going to order? Uh oh, he w- he was ordering dessert, and he said, "And a slice of," and he gets interrupted. See, and then what you didn't? Why aren't you picking up on these details, RJ? Christ. I just- the I I'm for the one liners. Bashir's an incel. Boom, wrap it and sell it. And I mentioned they really are pushing the Bashir O'Brien odd couple dynamic. Uh huh. It doesn't work. And then I made a comment. Uh, Tilani ambassador is lovely. Uh, yeah. 
I think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember anything. Like, whatever that is. And then my final comment was, wah, wah. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, that fits in with my rating of that episode. Yep. That that was a nope episode. I gave it two out of four, I yeah. think. So I was a little lighter. Uh, 214, uh, O'Brien Doppelganger, Fug, two out of four stars. Yeah, this episode, I uh, my comment for Whispers is, more miles, no problems. And mm. my and my rating was sure, which is like I think the first time that ever occurs in all of my reviews at this point is yeah, yeah sure. It's a it's a very you can see through what's going on in that episode very like immediately, and then you're kind of just like there's no real point to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, two fifteen Cisco versus the plebs. Three out of four stars, Ooh, I thought, Jared. This is a nope from me. It's got a low rating on IMBD. Do you have a do you have a review? Uh my rev- okay, I'll go here. Uh some original series hokey poke. Hey, uh-huh. a technology free society. <laughs> yep. Huh. Dax towers over Kira. Interesting. A ship tractor beaming another while both at warp. Yeah, I thought that was like an interesting That's scene. I guess pretty nerdy. Um, Cisco needs to choke this bitch out. Uh, yeah, and uh, kind of a surprising ending, really. Mm-hmm. So those, that's it. I, I don't remember this, but I guess I wasn't at the end of the end of the day a fan. Uh, so I actually. It took me the whole episode to get an appreciation for it. It's near the end that I was kind of, like the whole episode. I'm like, Meh. but near the end, I was like, oh, I actually like this. Cisco and O'Brien get put on this planet that are ex-Federation people. They've been stranded for 20 years. They have no technology. And then they have a there's a lady in charge and she's got a firm hand for punishment. So if you do something wrong, you go to the boo box where you, you bake in the sun for like a week and you get no water. So uh, Cisco and O'Brien want to leave Mm-mm. straight to the boo box. Mm-hmm. So Cisco gets thrown in the hot box for like a week. And like, that's the episode. He's just sweating in the hot box. I I kind of liked it. Hmm. And then at the end, there's justice, I, but not, not yeah. the justice you'd expect. It, it sounds like it's like, but it seems like a, it's a Star Trek episode, but not a DS9 oh, yeah. episode. Cause I think that's yeah. anything that's away from the, station i think i was always never a big fan of where i'm like this has this adds nothing to the overall story other than it fills episode requirements yeah, yeah. no 100 percent. this is very original series but yeah. uh you know it is what it is yeah it is what it is uh i gotta i'm pulling up the imdb here because i can't even remember what this episode's about because my descriptions are so vague episode 16 uh, shadow play so here's my review for you jared 216 Odo and an old man create life two-ish. So I can't remember if uh, I'm leaning more so towards my, three or I'm leaning more towards one. My my rating, and you, this is a new one, uh-huh. nah, is nah. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote too many episodes this season that have had nothing to do with the station, its location, yep. or the politics therein. A plot, mm-hmm. B plot. B plot more just a bunch of short stories. I wonder how close we are episode wise to seeing another. Ooh, that's a spoiler. Oh, don't say it. I, I'm, I oh, don't know. Oh, no. Watch out. Holograms. <laughs> yep. Another Dominion reference. Mm. Apparently been rolling at least 30 years. 
Hologram girl, surprisingly sweet, moving. Odo even melts our hearts. He does. He uh, He's playing with the kids. This is actually what we were talking about before, about how you and me could get recreated in the holodeck. This is what would happen if a whole world of us was re- recreated. Okay. So it's uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's got a few things, but uh, yeah, I think you, you kind of nailed some of that. Okay. Uh, all right, where do we got? Uh, 217, uh, a gigantic Klingon with an accordion, two out of four stars. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, he hasn't, he's popped up once before, but I never saw how big he is. So in the Klingon bar part of the station, there's that huge dude. He's yeah. he's fucking huge, and he plays the accordion, and he's a Klingon bartender. Yep. I like that guy okay. a lot. So I write "Playing God" is the name of the episode. Okay. I, I'm a yes on watching this one. Ooh, Ar- Arjun. You know what it's, do you remember? Yeah, Ar- Arjun. What's his face from Doogie Howser, MD? Uh, it's not. Uh, what's it? It's not the main dude. Well, it's not Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, it's some guy named Jeffrey Blake. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, I write, Dax is hot with two T's with hair down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, Vols, Vols, Cardassian cockroach. Mm-hmm. And then I made a comment, better take a look at this. <laughs> uh, so, wow. I, it, oh, and then I wrote, wow, a morbidly obese accordion playing Klingon. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the standout. Okay, for what, sure. what were you going to say? Uh, I know all of the comments you're talking about. Okay. Uh, Proto-universes, sonic weapons. This episode is packed with all kinds of stuff. Uh, Haha, Quirk's terrible advice. Never sleep with a boss's sister. Uh, Dabo girl, Cisco's reaction is gold. Mm -hmm. This episode seems to be in love with Star Trek, which is really nice. Huh. Mm -hmm. Dax has finally developed into a character after two failed character-centric episodes. Yeah, so this is um, you're you're on the money there. Uh, this is a good Dax episode. You get a lot of Dax development. Uh, the only downside is so she's training this Arjun dude who is going to he's like a prospected symbiote host, and he sucks. He's a major nerd, and you're just like, ah, yeah, here. But uh, it is, I guess, the bigger takeaway would be Dax because you really get to see her let her hair down, Jared. Apparently, you were really into that. Apparently, um, but in physically and uh metaphorically symbolically uh no it's it's got some good stuff uh, the huge klingon is the best because you i've never seen a huge klingon exactly and it's uh he he's just a fun dude him and dax are like best friends so that's pretty cool you do get some complicated weapon play in this thing so uh it's got a, it's got a bit of things for you for you there i just thought arjun was super annoying because he's like a little whiny kid. He's like, we're not supposed to do that. <laughs> he's like that guy, you know? But hey, I'm glad you picked up on the huge uh, Klingon. Oh, I mean, how could I miss it? How could you not? Yeah. Uh, 218. Hi, I'm Garrig, and I'll show you the bad guy tonight. Two out of four stars. So I found that they're using Garrig in the way that uh, TNG used Starfleet ad- uh, admirals. Where it's like those guys were always the bad guys, and whenever Garrick pops up, you can just tell he's like, "I'm gonna tell Bashir who the bad guy is. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it." And you noted earlier, but uh, Garrick hasn't been around very often. Garrick, Garrick, 
Is it with a K? Yeah. G-A-R-A-K. Yeah. Well, man, I don't know English. <laughs> so anyways, this is uh, lots of Cardassian uh, quibbles. Yes. So profit and loss is a yes from me. Huh. Okay. Female adult Cardassians. Mm-hmm. The, the prof's lovely dress is great. Mm-hmm. Garrick, exclamation mark. I wonder how much of what Garrick was saying Quark understood. Definitely influenced by Casablanca. Finally, an episode that is playing into the strengths of the premise after a dozen or more episodes. I think this is mm-hmm. what I was liking about it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Those little pads really are iPads without the DRM. Yeah, they use little iPads yep. in this show. The ending doesn't really make sense at all in Star Trekia. Yep. <laughs> what happened? Yep. I can't remember. <laughs> what is What is that about? Uh... Okay, a Cardassian woman named Natima Lang, who was once a flame of quarks, visits the station under dubious circumstances. Okay, so there's Cardassian rebels, and uh, it's like a, a girl who is quark's girlfriend, and then she's with uh, she's a Cardassian, and then she has two people who are uh, rogue scholars, and they're gonna change the political system of Cardassia. Rogue scholars. Yes, I dropped that on you, Jared. Uh, so that's like, that's what I probably used to think it was what people would say when they said Rhodes Rhodes scholars I would hear rogue, rogue scholars these these guys are literally rogue scholars I would compare some, them to this is like Warhammer stuff right here they're war they're Bernie Sanders Warhammer amazing so that's what they're trying to do to Cardassia uh, so other Cardassians don't want to be on board with that and then uh, there's like this interplay where Gehrig uh, Gehrig yeah, or Garrick, Garrick, uh, he he kind of like lets it loose that he is um. Fuck, is that this episode or the next one? I think he tries to like get back in good graces, so he's gonna like he's gonna capture these people, uh, but then a different Cardassian comes up and says he's gonna capture them. So Garrick shoots that guy and then lets them go. I think that's the episode. It is confusing at the end. Hmm. I don't know what happens at the end of this episode. Yeah. I mean, I still say people should watch it, but apparently it's yeah. like, that doesn't make sense. Uh, but tell me about episode 19, Blood Oath. My, Blood Oath? My, my note here is DS9 Drunk Tank, today's guest of honor. I love Odo so. Odo's pretty good in this. Uh, my two-word two review was just the albino. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, so this episode. Star rating. I gave it a two. Yeah. Uh, but so it's like I said before, two doesn't mean I disliked it. I think right. two is good. It just, I think three is real good, and then four blows your dick off. So yeah. maybe I maybe I have two and threes and this this got a nope from me because it doesn't okay. it doesn't matter if you watch this one or not. No, it's got no relevance to DS9 at all. It is strictly Klingon, and they they just pull Dax in for no reason. But it doesn't have good Dax development like the other Dax episode did. Uh, I was right. Uh, wrote pretty fucking goofy episode oh yep. it is an albino klingon super uh-huh. gen- super generic henchman hilariously yep. bloodless yep yeah it's it's all about like klingon klingons fighting each other one of them's a uh, albino <laughs> yeah yeah episodes uh, 2021 yeah so we got to talk about two uh 220 and 221 at the same time uh so I don't even know what I was thinking, but for my 220 review, I put Gal Dukat. I hardly know her. 
and I think I was trying to make some kind of wordplay, but I don't have any idea what I meant. <laughs> and then 221, I put a bad Vulcan question mark. Uh, so I think you would have given these episodes a yes. Uh, yes. I am at, um, I think it's, I think together there are three. So I don't know if that's allowed. That but, sounds uh, fine. Yeah, because they're they're partnered up. But uh, this episode, you get a ton of Gal Dukat uh, hanging out with Cisco, and it's it's pretty good. You okay. can see like all the uh, all the seeds they're laying about uh, Gal Dukat and how he's like the Maquis, who uh, yeah. seem for the rest of season two are pretty prevalent. So yeah, I wrote lots of Star Trek Next Generation references. I think I'm missing maybe. Uh, there's a few. Yeah. There's a few. Odo's Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. I comment that just zipped by. I think the yep. whole episode—it's just like a really well done uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dukat gets results. Kira even creamed her unisuit a bit. <laughs> wow, I don't really know if we're gonna be allowed to say that on t- on podcast, but uh... come at me, commission. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, Gal Dukat doesn't fuck around. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are like, what are we going to do? He's like, I'll tell you what you do. You have 10 seconds or I will blow you up. Yeah. And then Kira's like, boy, that's that's pretty amazing, Gal. For, I mean, wow. you're, you're a horrible man, but I mean, hello. Uh, and then the third rule of the rules. Um, and I wrote, what is Ferengi's history of violence? Uh, so actually, actually, that... Go- that is going to be brought up in 226. Do you want me to address that now? Well, or... I've, got, I've got notes. I mean, okay. Because we'll uh, Quark does uh, talk to Cisco about Ferengis versus humans. So we can talk about that there. Very cool. But uh, yeah, the Maquis doubleheader is pretty good. Uh, 222, Memoirs of a Tailor. And I give this a two because it is a Bashir heavy episode. It's also Garrick. But I think I made note here, a Garrick episode without Garrick? Nuts. Mm-hmm. So Garrick is like, uh, he he reveals that he has some kind of pain chip in his brain to hold off torture or something. So he's like dying and Bashir's trying to save him. And then the whole time, Garrick, everyone's just like, Garrick's a bad dude. They're like, there's no reason to save him. But Bashir is Bashir. He's like, I'm going to save his life. So I'm a yes on this. Uh, this episode is okay. titled The Wire. Uh, yep. I, this is a quote. Maybe it's a title of something. Federate or or it's a qu- something. Federation dogma and human bias. Uh, no, I think that's a quote in the episode. Okay, which I thought it was like it, it was like that's really nice because I like that this is the beginning of like or maybe not like there's always some challenges to like Federation's power structures there and is. like an authority, yep. but I guess like I like the idea of like how the Federation's viewed outside of that and it's getting yep. a little bit more um, openly critical. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like uh, that TNG where uh, they come into the bar and like Federation yeah. is viewed as like the cops. It's like I, yeah. I, I love that. I wish there was more of that. I'm a doctor, not a, not a hydrobotanist. <laughs> they try to make Bashir so likable, and he's not. He's just not. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, I don't know. Were you? Did you oh, have more? Most of my other notes were just like I remember the Obsidian Order. I like yeah. that Odo is clearly hard talking about them. What? You, you, you have a lot about people getting hard. <laughs> Talk, 
I guess. But yeah, people are getting sexually uh, gratified in the Star Trek universe. Since Star Trek is so sexless, you gotta you gotta imagine it's happening. But I think he talks about the Obsidian Order. He's just like, oh yes. Uh, and then oh yeah. And then there's also talking about the Tal Shiar. And then I was like, oh, I remember the Tal Shiar because you have to remember the context of me watching this. I haven't I hadn't watched like Next Generation since like I don't know the mid nineties. And so this mm-hmm. is all like okay. distant memories. And I'll be like, ah, callbacks. I remember these things and I'm a yes on this episode. That, yeah, that makes uh that makes a little bit more sense for 2012 Jared. So I think the Garrick stuff in the episode is good. I just, I don't like Bashir and it's like, it's a, it's a Bashir heavy episode. So I was like, ah, get out of here. Um, but it's not bad. Okay. Here's one for you, Jared. 223 camera angles. Three out of four stars. Wormhole upside down? Uh, Crossover? Yeah, that's what I wrote. Wormhole upside, because the wormhole is upside down because of the angles. And mirror universe. Mm -hmm. If this were fringe, the opening credits would be different. It's kind of fringy, to be very honest. It is. Uh, Of course. Uh, so I like this episode. Um, although it starts, it's real gross. Uh, the camera angles there. What is that called again? Is it a Dutch angle where it's like at someone's feet pointing up at their head? Uh, it's, it's like, like well, it's extreme ball. angles. Yeah, it's very yeah. dramatic. Yeah. This, this is what's what's your rating? Three out of four? I gave it three out of four. Okay. I liked it. I'm, I'm a strong yes. Really awesome episode. Yep. Uh, Explodo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Odo explodes. Yeah. See? Yeah. Ch- changelings remain unknown here too yes so nobody knows where odo came from and in this universe in the mirror universe uh they don't know where he came from either i totally wanted another five minutes of coda i think coda? I, I like i wanted like an ending i wanted like a oh, I, yeah. I wanted more like wrap up at the end of the episode than we got yeah, they wrap it up really fast. Like yeah. the whole episode plays out where it's Kira v Kira, and then in the last minute they escape basically, and yes. then it's just over. Yeah, there's no debrief in uh, th- DS9 yeah, world. I think that's what I wanted. But other than that, I think the episode's uh, a lot of fun. It's very good. Uh, mirror Mirror Universe episodes, like, I mean, I think they they're here and there, but I actually like this one because I like how how bleak this one is, and they acknowledge uh, uh, original series. They're like, you know, Kirk, Spock. Mm-hmm. They're like, those are bad fucking dudes, and they're like, we learned from that shit, and so the world's like, real, real bad now. <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, where do we got here? Two twenty four Bajorans or something. I don't know. Two out of four stars. I wrote for the collaborator. Yes, they're banging now. Since when? Yeah, good point. Uh, so this is the Kai, which is like the oh, Pope. Yeah, Louise Fletcher mm-hmm. uh, returns here as Win, and uh, she's uh, cranking that gear that she's so good at. Like she's just like F- Louise Fletcher as Nurse Ratchet in Once One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was yeah. really good at just like getting under people's skin. Like she mm-hmm. plays that really well, and here is Win. She's really good at that too. And now, and now she's going to become a permanent fixture of the show going forward as of this episode. She's a good villain. I don't I don't mind her as like yeah. a as a villain. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's good to actually have someone you're just like fuck. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they uh, and they do like the episode does kind of 
and it's not even just this one. They've built her up a little bit in the previous episodes yeah. whenever you see them. She does fit into the dynamic really well. And then the Bajor in general, like you get a lot. DS9 is about Bajor yeah. and Cardassia. And uh, they do build it up pretty well. And, you know, I'm going to say that uh, a lot of parallels to Battles of Algiers for anyone out there who's like, what's Star Trek? <laughs> it's all it's all coming back, baby. It's there you go. Back. Yeah. So I got two more for you, Jared. Yes, you do. Uh, 225 Nuremberg propaganda trials. Two out of four. I think you would be a, a yes because yes. it is a Chief O'Brien episode. Yeah. So I wrote, yeah, it's tribunal. This is a yes. Mm-hmm. What's a hollow cam? Uh, then music. Mm-hmm. I wrote music is terribly dull in the 24th century. Mm-hmm. And nightmarish Kafka esque Cardassian bureaucracy court system, the mm-hmm. ultimate show trial. Yeah, so it's it's actually it's kind of similar to some things we see now and in Battle of Algiers. O'Brien's on trial and he's guilty and and there's not until proven innocent. He's just guilty, and so they have to kind of talk their way out of that. So uh, I, I thought it was okay. Uh, I, I figured you would have liked it more just because um, you're an O'Brien man. So uh, mm-hmm. it's got good Cardassian stuff, but it, it's not uh, that that Picard brainwashing Cardassian oh, stuff. Yeah. No, Ooh, yeah, no, 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 no one's talking about Tribunal as much. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason I'm still thinking of it is because I watched it like a month or, or two ago. So it's still fresh in my memory. Yeah. And then 226, the last you mm-hmm. will hear about Star Trek for a month. Yep. Uh, Cisco and Quark go camping. It all started. It stars. all start. It all started with a camping trip. It all started with a camping trip. Uh, I think that this episode ends really strong. The lead-in is whatever, but uh, it it actually ends with uh, uh, what you were talking about: the Dominion and the Jim Hadar. The Jim Hadar. Yeah, and uh, I think these are pretty good baddies. They're, uh, mm-hmm. and they're. I imagine that they'll pair up well with the Cardassians if it comes to it. Yeah. Uh, well, this is like the beginning of the show now, yep. <laughs> like of, of DS Nine from this point forward. Uh, mm-hmm. My notes here is yeah, it all started with the camera trip. Hmm. Is the imprisonment all just a test? Mm-hmm. And then of course there's who are the founders? Huh. Yep. Jimadar can teleport through shields up. Mm-hmm. Quark serves Cisco. Yes. Oh, so that's what I mentioned earlier. Uh, so Cisco's talking about like being humane and morality, and how the because the whole episode's about like how humans don't like Ferengi because they think Ferengi are cold and calculated. But Quark is like, hey, he's like, you know what? We never had in the Ferengi world. He's like slavery, and we never had like Holocaust camps, and we never had wars. He's like, we might be business oriented. He's like, but we don't do that shit to each other. So uh, he really kind of like drops it on him. Mm-hmm. Looks him right in the face and he says, slavery. Oh, fuck. That was one of my actual, uh, there's a note I had from earlier where like, I guess like maybe somewhere in season one or maybe in two, there's a bit where like Odo grabs Nog by the ear. Mm-hmm. But like, wait a minute. Isn't that like grabbing a child by their testes? Yeah, because their ears are like <laughs> hypersensitive. Yeah. So I mean, oh, if anyone would do it, it would be Odo. Yeah, he doesn't. He's like, hey, come here, kid. Like, is he grabbing Jake by the dick when when he Jake's acting might. up? Jake's a little nerd, but uh, so I I gotta say, while we're on it, Nog, 
uh, is way worse than Alexander ever <laughs> was on TNG. Nog screeches and screams every time he's on screen. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, shut up, Nog. Nobody likes you. No, I, hey, I, I, I like you, Nog. R.I.P. Like Nog? Um, R.I.P. for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Nogsman, but I'm more of a, I'm, all, I'm a big ROM boy. Who's Rom? Oh, see, they haven't gotten into Rom too much. You'll see. Is it? Uh, it's of course brother. Not... Yeah. Okay. He's he's been. Uh, oh, he has been around. He, he becomes day. way more prevalent. Uh, I think I like probably Rom. season three. Yeah, he's great, brother. He's got a good role. Yes. Yeah. Rom's yeah. good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then my last note is, on this episode is: it really is something to see a starship blow up. You get that, man. The Dominion or the Jom Hadar uh, take out. Uh, what looks like the Enterprise, they trick you because it's like it's docked at DS9 and you're like, holy shit, is this a crossover with TNG? But it's not. It's a different ship called yeah. like the Odyssey or something. Mm-hmm. And they just fucking just blow it up. And you're like, holy huh? shit. And it's like, yeah, it's on, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they they go back. to This one actually does have a debrief. They go back to the station and Cisco comes in. and He's like, I know what's going on. Oh man! Yes. Well, damn. Big, big things. Now I have to put my notebook down here Ugh, for so, an entire month. For an entire month. It's so exciting. Damn. Well, I, at least we have that to hold people over for. That's right. Mm-hmm. You see, so you watch some fucking movies or something? I can rip through this stuff. Okay. Uh, I watched an Andy pick, and the only reason I'm going to talk about it is because it's directed by a person named Matt Ratner. So I don't know if this is Brett Ratner's brother or something. Oh, dear. But uh, I can only assume. It was called Standing Up, Falling Down. This is an Andy pick. It was on Crave. It's got Billy Crystal, Jared. You remember Billy Crystal? And uh, Ben Schwartz, who is John Ralphio from uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, so looking at the poster, we were like, yeah, we'll give it a try, whatever. Um, this movie's strange because I feel like it sends the wrong message. So John Ralphio is a failed comedian. He goes back to his hometown and he's like not happy to be there. He runs into Billy Crystal, who is the town drunk. Uh, he's a doctor, but he is also at the bar every night, kind of like getting getting drunk and hanging out with people. And I don't know if you would believe this, Jarrett, but they become friends. What? And a real odd couple. Uh, it's got... I think this movie starts okay and then it really lost me for a while because it's kind of like they really paint Billy Crystal to be cool, to be this like kind of booze hound at the bar. And it's like, hey, 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 I know all about alcoholism. Nobody's want wants to hang out with that guy. Like this isn't super believable where it's an old weird man just like falling over drunk everywhere. And people are like, oh, it's Morty. It's our best friend. Or wait, Marty, I think his name is. They're like, it doesn't matter. It starts with an M. They're like, he's our best friend. Everybody loves this guy. Look how drunk he is. He's such a goof. And it's like, well, I don't know, Jared. I thought they were making light of this situation. Hmm. I mean, he does die. <laughs> oh. From the alcoholism. But they still, they paint him off too cool. I was like, kids are going to watch this. And they're going to be like, he's so cool. I want to drink beer too. You ever drink beer, Jared? Nah, not for a long time. That's okay. Uh, so that's standing up, falling down. I was like, confusing. Uh, but I watched a Jarrett pick. 
uh, a couple nights ago. Is it a Jared pick? You said you thought it was okay. But but, uh... but but did I say you should you should watch this? You should check this out. You, you seeing this? You hearing about this? I, I didn't uh, I, I didn't give up the rub. Is this not a Jared pick? Would I, you I, like I, me to remove the yeah, day? I, I would. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of things I would like to correct on that tag. This is this will be the this is the one time that you could remove a tag and okay. you used it. Okay. You used it. I used it, but uh, yeah. you didn't know the, the other one is still on there. You're like, yeah. what? I've never even heard of this movie before today. I don't really care though, because I think it's funny. Uh, <laughs> um. So, anyways, I watched uh, I watched Knives Out by your buddy Ryan Johnson, the man behind the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi, controversial, to say the least. To say the very least. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyways, so I watched Knives Out. You talked about it a little bit before. I think people were surprised, shocked, in awe that you went, it's not bad. I didn't mind it, right? Mm-hmm. Was yep. that your I think that so. read on that? That was my read. Uh, I also think it's not bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. Um, though the big thing about Knives Out for me, I think, is I think it starts really, really strong for the first half an hour, and then in the last half an hour, it kind of lost me a little bit. Nothing changes. Yeah, and like yeah. I just I feel like it it starts with a bam, and then it goes out real, real limp, like that limp bacon that Justin Peterson was talking about earlier. Right. So like, I think the intro's great. Uh, where they're being interviewed and it's they're playing around with like people's perspectives on things and like people can was that word confabulate and shit like that where they um their memory of situations is different from other people's because it's like you have your own bias towards stuff so i really like that where like people are telling the same story different and you kind of get it a few different ways like rashomon like rashomon man like clue the the movie Clue, which I think is a great movie, Jarrett. That, 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 that this movie is a total riff on. That's a total riff on. I think at one point they even say it's like Clue or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I actually liked that quite a bit. Um, all the actors are good, but no, I mean, what are you going to be surprised? It's like by that. How do you like uh, Daniel Craig's uh, Southern accent? I didn't. It didn't bother me. Uh, I thought he did a fine. Well, I, 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 I see. I liked it. I, I thought. Yep. He, I thought it was a uh, very. Fu- it's just funny because it's like, huh, this man is not a, a, an American Southerner. Mm-hmm. But Benoit Blanc. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's gonna get his spinoff, right? Is that what's happening? Yeah. That that I'm less excited about. Yeah. Right he's off the top. And Michael Shannon. <laughs> uh, I don't mind Michael Shannon. Like, my, he's pretty. He's pretty like uh, he's not super featured in this. He's just walking around with a cane. That's right. Tony Collette's doing the Tony Collette thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Evans is fine Ransom. for the most part. He's handsome. Um, well, and, Chris, and and his name is Ransom. His name is Ransom, which will bring me up to the ending. Um, Christopher Plummer is a good Canadian boy. Yep. He's still young. He's 91 years young. He's still giving G- it. General Chang. General Chang. Uh, wh- which one? Ken Zhuang? What? He's not in this movie. <laughs> Star- You're talking about Christopher Star Trek Plummer? 6, Christopher Plummer. Oh, fuck. I forgot that they, a Klingon named Chang, like I, I just, it, it didn't register with me because all their names are like Ungop and like Worf and stuff. Yeah. It's like Chang. What the hell are you talking about? Um, yeah. 
I don't know. I think it starts really well, but then I, I think near the end, like, I don't know. I was, uh, I was, I was very less engaged by it where I was just like, I, I wouldn't say that I figured it out right away, but I was like, I was like, it, it seems like it's going down a pretty like yeah. direct path. It's like there's no there's no more twists, nope. which is fine. Well, you but keep, I was like, well, you keep thinking like I think there's a point where I was like, oh, but Christopher Plummer's still alive. Yeah. But then because there's like the whole setup with the knife being fake, and yeah. you're like thinking, oh, it's this, it's this. But then you're like, nope, he's dead. Mm-hmm. And I think the knife fake out at the end is like kind of shit too because uh it's like so there's this huge thing in knives it's like yes. all right whatever that's cool and it's like the chances that he'd pull out the one fake one unless they're all fake unless they're all fake yeah i guess i don't know and then also like the fact like who they landed on at the end i was like that seems obvious kind of like i don't i don't know maybe that's the point yeah i mean i don't know like you said that's why it's the definition of a movie. It's it's a good time to watch one time, yep. and then you don't need to watch it ever again. Yeah, I would. I I won't watch it again. But yeah, first first little bit I, I really liked, and then near the end I kind of fizzled out. I was like, meh, whatever. So that's what I watched. What about you, Jarrett? What did, did you watch any movies? Well, I put on Jackie Brown because oh, yeah. I was kind of like, I don't know listless wanted to put something on i think netflix wound up being open and i was like you know what it's been mm-hmm. a while i'm just gonna throw this jackie brown on because this movie is so good and i can just listen mm-hmm. to it and that's exactly what i did in this movie i don't know i i will i still still say it's probably my favorite of his movies Ooh. of all tarantino's really yep you think yes i think okay. i think i know you know um, I also watched the house that Jack built. Is that that um progressive Hungarian film about uh, racism? No. <laughs> oh, it's a different film. It's a different movie. This is okay. one that uh, Lars von Trier, mm-hmm. a, a director, uh, Creeps alum, mm-hmm. Lars von Trier. Yep. Uh, you've seen Dancer in the Dark. I have. Yeah, and you were a fan. Less of, uh, le, le, yeah. le, less of a fan of uh, Element of Crime that we've watched specifically for the podcast. But that's Thank fine. You. That movie, uh, not so special. So mm-hmm. House That Jack Built is kind of coming on, for me, like his, the Lars von Scher filmography has kind of been on a downturn for me okay. of late. It's been diminishing returns. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd say he's directed some of my favorite movies. Some of the okay. some of the best movies I've seen, uh, but he's he's sit and miss like a lot of directors. Mm-hmm. But we don't like to talk about those things. We don't like to talk about like some directors do are like kind of pretty unimpeachable as far as like filmography straights. But you know, Michael Mann's directed some real turds, I think. But he's also directed some incredible movies. We we don't hold the turds against him. Did you say did you say turd, Jarrett? Turd. Wow. No. Wow. I mean, well, I, I mean, yeah, no one holds Black Hat against Michael Mann, right? Or hey, Black Hat's good. No, I've never seen it. Black I Hat's just, actually, I, just... I think Black Hat's a perfectly fine movie. I don't there know, I, I don't know why that movie gets hated on, but neither do I. Yeah, so let's take a gander here. What do we got for all Lars? Um, yeah, Element of Crime, Epidemic, Europa. I'm not, not big fan of those. We'll be watching mm-hmm. Europa one day. Epidemic. 
Mm-hmm. I think so far we're avoiding that one. That movie, who? Oh man! Even as a big, good. even as a super fan, I wasn't a fan. You seen with Europa, but I mean, yeah. hey, I like that kingdom. I like that breaking the waves. I even like the idiots that some people hate. Real bad. Dance in the Dark is great. Uh, Dogville, great. Five Obstructions, great. Mandrelay, basically just like a unnecessary sequel to Dogville, but it becomes be part of these like trilogies that he's always saying he's making. <laughs> It's almost like a joke. Lars von Trier yeah. is always talking about his trilogies, his American trilogy, and his Women in Peril trilogy, and then. But it's like, wait a minute, those are already part of another trilogy. It doesn't matter. I've never seen mm-hmm. the boss of it all, which is his office comedy, Ugh. which I don't know. It could be okay. I just haven't gone out of my way to watch it. Antichrist. Um, that's mm-hmm. got some genital mm-hmm. mutilation in it and uh, cool like f- talking foxes, male or female. Uh, melancholia is yeah. a whole lot of, oh, I don't know. I seem to rate it higher than I thought about it. The one thing, though, mm-hmm. that I probably like about his movies a lot, as I really do love the way his movies are shot, uh, be it Melancholia, which has, like, got some absolutely stunning, stunning photography in it. Like, there's, like, this, like, it's, like, a, it's, like, a, whatever is it, the di- at the wedding, uh, at the dinner, like, it just looks so good and it's effortless and you're like, Oh yeah. The amount of planning and changing of lighting shot, like within moving that camera is ridiculous. Uh, but then nymphomaniac did nothing for me. And I was kind of like, Oh, (laughs) and I think that the house that Jack built is very much in line with the downward trend. So like, Mm. what do you know about the house that Jack built? I know a little bit. Matt Dillon, killer, shoots some kids, hurts some animals, that kind of rub. Yep. Those those are some of the... I mean, see, it's funny that, that you're you're talking about that, but you're not talking about the titty slashing. I I wasn't aware. Oh, yeah. See, people always talk about, oh, the children get shot, and the, and the, mm-hmm. the, the duck gets held, and its fake legs get cut with the shears, and then the duck mm-hmm. gets put into the water and goes spinning around. But no one talks about the titty slashing because no one expects, oh, this is going to turn to some real weird Italian giallo stuff all of a sudden. And did it? Not really. So, mm-hmm. okay. So the movie, it, it's Matt Dillon plays mm-hmm. Jack. And Jack is mm-hmm. talking to an old German man in the dark and he's narrating these things and he's philosophizing and he's talking about how he got to where he was. He's this failed architect who's who can't seem to manage to build his own house on this little piece <laughs> of property in some unknown piece of wherever and somewhere in America, I guess Uma Thurman's there. And she's like, her character's there to like lay on like this whole thick thing, about like, I just got into a vehicle with you. You could be a serial killer. It's very, it's very self-aware. And it's like mm. dark comedy, but I don't know. I, I <laughs> this whole movie, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I was like, yeah, this has got the the wonderful cinematography and the way that he frames stuff and builds scenes are all there. But I just was not feeling the dialogue <laughs> in this movie. That Dylan's good in this. Like, I mean, there's times where like. Pat Healy is just there. Cause like Matt, mm-hmm. Matt Dillon, he has like kind of a couple of modes he's in. I don't think he's not a particularly great actor 
but he, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he he is, but at the same time, he isn't because he never really disappears into a role. I was watching this like when you look at the poster for this, you don't realize that you're looking at Matt Dillon at all. But in the movie, the whole time, he's kind of like almost starting to really, really resemble Bruce Campbell. Uh, yeah, that's actually not like he is aging into that a little yeah, bit. He's just yeah, and like this, like yeah. he, he kind of like starts off like very like as like a nervous man who's struggling with his urges that he doesn't mm-hmm. understand. And I guess you kind of see that the beginning of the escalation of that. And it's set up very ham-fistedly, which also is intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you kind of build up to his, when he actually f- stalks out a victim. And it's like almost like kind of this Fargo-ish kind of comedy. And like, because he's very awkward and trying to do it. And the whole idea is like, well, he's not only is he a serial killer, but he also has OCD. Mm. So he is has that to, good or bad? Well, he has to like clean up, and he's always thinking about the blood he left behind. So he has to keep returning, and mm. he he like he hauls the bodies off to a uh, <laughs> to like a uh, a walk in fridge that he bought that's filled with old frozen cheese pizzas. Just cheese? I think so. And he's like, I mm. tried one once, and it was terrible. So there's just this stacks and stacks and stacks of cheese pizzas that he never eats but he's loading it up with bodies and then so what happens is like each one of these because like his movies have this kind of very particular act structure that he goes with mm-hmm. sometimes they go well beyond like this he'll end one story and then it goes into like a long diatribe and it's almost like a slideshow like something out of Hakusan, uh where it's okay. just like it's like literally like a photo essay <laughs> Uh, at one point, okay. there is like the thing that I remember reading about that's like deeper into the movie where uh, he starts talking because it's one of the things like Von Trier got into real trouble talking about Hitler at Con, I think, or right before Con, like yeah. several years ago. And mm-hmm. I guess he's like been he's been that's that's pissed him off to a degree. And so in this movie, mm-hmm. he goes right into that. In this movie, a lot of his own baggage is on display, and he's going to be the first person to admit that he was he deals with this stuff with his movies uh, about him being accused of being a misogynist. And so he has a scene with some titty slashing and one of those titties becomes a purse. And it's like oh. real, like really pushing it and pushing it. And uh, the, I feel like the most ridiculous thing though, is this then turns into a, a, a literal voyage into hell. Literal? Literal. For real? Yes. And he actually goes to hell. And there is some mm. fucking like laughable stuff <laughs> in visuals, uh floating in bubbles and then like in paintings, like badly <laughs> rendered. And it's just like, what is this hokum? <laughs> what what are you what are we doing here, Lars? Uh <laughs> that's this I, is, I, I didn't realize it got into that kind of territory. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is this is a two and a half hour long movie, RJ. Oh. And that's the director's cut, or just the that was the, the, the director's cut is one minute longer. Oh, it just has the scene with the kid in it. Uh, is that the only difference? I'm not sure what the difference actually is. It could be the titty slashing. I used to keep mentioning mm-hmm. that because Jesus, it stands out. Oh yeah, and he shows it couple times because that's the mm-hmm. type of because he's a sadist and he enjoys himself uh i so I, I watched this blu-ray and then i, I started checking out the, the, those special features those supplements and oh, fly, yeah. the, the the state of lars von trier these days good lord what's he into <laughs> he he looks unwell 
yeah shaky voice long scraggly hair it's kind of like terry gilliam these days Old. uh terry gilliam's a little rough yeah you know? kind of like that there i mean there's something like that like von Trier is pretty also public with him talking about his battling with depression and stuff like that mm. like this is a dark nasty work but man i don't know i i would cons- i still would consider myself a von Trier fan but this movie kind of it kind of lived up to my expectations of my disappointments i guess Gosh. of what i was expecting like, i don't think this is going to be the movie i don't think this is going to be a return to form i guess Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's kind of our MO, isn't it? No. Yeah. Being, uh, like, dissatisfied with uh, things that we want to like, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And in a lesser sense, it's maybe maybe they're the ones that are wrong. I mean... You know what I mean? Will I watch his next movie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Surely. I... I don't know. It should be. It should be. It should check a lot of boxes. There, I mean, there's some audacious shots and set pieces in this movie. Um, how audacious? Oh, how do you feel about houses built of bodies? Mm, that sounds okay. Yeah, you, know, you got to see a little bit of that with hooks. And uh, uh, okay. yeah, there, yeah, it's just like some of it. It's just it seems always so on the nose. And like, and I, and I know that he's aware of it too. Like, so he's it's, it's intentional, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like, eh, it just ticks me out. And I saw some people saying, "This is a comedy. It's hilarious." And I'm kind of like, uh, sure." You're like, "Is it? Yeah. Is self-aware the way to go, Jared? I don't know. Yeah. Don't ask me. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe watching this in a theater with people, it would. It would work better <laughs> i don't know because okay. everyone would be like totally like into it but yeah i don't know i'm pretty confident it's not my kind of no place. god you no. know i i knew that up front but at least you watched it yeah people were interested right you think people will stop recommending movies to us well it's not this isn't a recommendation per se this is i mean i was gonna watch it yeah. Regardless. People are just waiting for I was when waiting you would. for me when I would, whether I'd love yeah. it or not. And uh I don't know. It's that's that, right. It's just there. Yeah. You know? It's just like us. It's just there. Yeah, the st- my streak of not seeing new movies that I like continues. Maybe you could watch um something fun for October, like not like us. Or something like that, you know. Is that, that's, that's, that, not, that's not too new, though. Nineties. That's pretty old. It's nineties. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. We. Well, so did you I, watch anything else? No. No. Okay. No dog. That's yeah. it. Well, shit. Got any news? Nah. Okay. I don't think at least. I don't know. After the break, we're going to rock the Casbah again. You couldn't help yourself, eh?
Nous sommes arrivés à la moyenne de 4,2 attentats par jour. Oui, il faut distinguer les attaques individuelles et les attentats à la bombe. Nous disons qu'il y a une minorité qui s'impose par la terreur et la violence. Nous devons agir sur cette minorité dans le but de l'isoler et de la détruire. يصعب للشعب باش يبدا ثورة ويصعب له بزاف باش يوصلها ويصعب له أكثر وأكثر باش ينتصر. La France doit-elle rester en Algérie Si vous répondez encore oui, vous devez en accepter toutes les conséquences nécessaires. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about The Battle of Algiers from 1966, directed by Giolo Pontecorvo. Mm. The tagline for this film, RJ, uh-huh. the revolt that stirred the world. Did it? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm well, like, I'm it, like what, a, what a straight line to give RJ. <laughs> well, I mean... I don't know, Jared. Here is an audacious claim. RJ responds, did it? Did it? It writes itself. Uh We are are just characters on a podcast. That's what I've said the whole time. There's there's not a lot of effort that goes into this. It's all automated responses. Tracing the struggle of the Algerian Front de Libération Nationale to gain mm-hmm. freedom from French colonial rule as seen mm-hmm. through the eyes of Ali from his start as a petty thief to his rise to prominence in the organization and captured by the French in 1957. The film traces the rebel struggle and the increasingly extreme measures taken by the French government to quell the revolt. Did it work? RJ, have you? Uh-huh. I'd seen this movie before. You know, I was like, I think in high school still. And okay. uh, I will say that I couldn't tell you where Algiers was on a calendar. Or, or a calendar, on a, on a map. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Well, I was going to say, that, w- that would be pretty that would be pretty impressive if you could pick there it There it is on the calendar. calendar. It's right there yeah. around the 14th. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's Algiers, late. It's late. It's late. Is it not near uh, that Casablanca place or some some shit? <laughs> Morocco. <laughs> yeah. Is it not near Morocco or? I I mean it's in that neck of the woods. On, the, I, uh, on that. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it, where the fuck is Algiers? <laughs> uh, it's right? It's a country. Algeria, uh, that place, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, we got Sid Mohammed. That's the, I'm guessing, capital of Algeria. We got uh, Mustafa um, right near the Embassy of the People's Republic of China. That's pretty cool. There's a place called Hotel Ikram El Daif. I think it's right by the Bay of Algiers. That doesn't really narrow it down. Oh, for damn. Me. Shit. I'm sorry. Well, RJ, it's on the Mediterranean. It's right along oh. the uh, the top, the tippy top of uh, Africa, you know. Yeah, you just it's hop close out. to Tunisia. Yeah, right That's by right, is, right in Star in Star Wars. Is that where they filmed Star Wars? Yeah, was it's Tunisia? right. It's right between Star Wars and Casablanca. Oh, the, yeah, it's close to Morocco. Yeah, I was, I was pretty right. I mean, well, how close is close? Like a bike ride. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in terms of uh, like countries they they share a border this is true so i'll give you that i'll give you you that Mm -hmm. so now that we know for everyone else where algeria is Uh um what did you know what do you know about the uh the the political situation in the algerian war from 1954 to 1962 before watching the battle of algiers uh i mean i heard it wasn't a lot of a lot of fun yeah, you had heard, huh? <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not in the text. I... You know what? It's not in our textbooks. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna lie to you because I don't do that. Uh, I've heard the title, "The Battle of Algiers," before. I knew it was based on some kind of true thing. That's about as far as my knowledge went of the entire situation. Very fair. Very fair. so. You know, that's that's about it. So. Part of my like, I've, I'd seen this movie before, but again, twenty years ago, uh-huh. and uh, my friend Corey, big big war boy, loves gritty oh, depictions yeah. of guerrilla fighting. Uh, this movie uh, is also like, if you look at those supplements, a lot of a lot of red smeared all over this title. If you know what I mean, it's I don't. Could com- you elaborate? Communism. What kind? Socialist or <laughs> all all that bad stuff, RJ. It's all, oh, okay. Ooh, the Red Menace. The Red Menace. Wow. Particular. I mean, think about when this Huge. movie came out in '66. You had those student riots just around the corner. All this revolution talk going on. You got China. You got in- Indochina. You got the Indochina. You got Vietnam. You have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. What do you think Bernie Sanders was doing? Uh, at this time, when this movie came out, yeah, protesting? no way, uh, yeah. So yeah, so the movie comes out in 1966, and uh-huh. it's depicting historical events from just ten years prior. Ooh, no. Do you think uh, that's good? Do you think the French like this movie? The the French government. Do you, uh, think they, do you think they were fans? Do you think they might have been like, yeah, no, I don't think people need to see this. They don't stand for it, I can tell you that much right now. No. They don't simp for it for that matter no. either. So yeah, this movie was uh as you could expect banned in France yeah. uh for for a window of time. 
because they liked it too much. You know, they're 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 big they're big colonial boys, and this movie is not about colonialism, which is an interesting mm-hmm. thing. That like as soon as this movie starts out, you you get like kind of the the language of like the struggle, and mm-hmm. you kind of go, huh. I thought all these thoughts just started recently. Why why do people people talk about decolonizing? (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. they think this is new. (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, this is like recent stuff. It's like, oh no, my friends. These are ideas that have been with us for a long time. But the the struggle is real. And uh, we're going to actively keep those things out of circulation and talk about them happening in other places. Mm. But, but Algiers is just like battle, the little, the battle of Algiers. That's like a footnote. That's, that's neither here nor there stuff. You don't even want to talk. We don't even want to talk about this particularly mm-hmm. as it pertains to like, it's like Muslim people who cares. Right. Uh, they, that that's, that is a, that is, that is nothing too crazy. RJ. Uh, they <laughs> In, in our in our Western education, uh, in uh, I outside know that outside in, of the Bible, I know that in the Catholic high schools you do a whole day on it. I, oh well, there you go. I, I sit corrected, but uh, that's just about, the good Catholic. I forgot about schools. that that whole day that you get. Yeah, you get a whole day on it. I remember like writing your position papers on the the Middle East <laughs> just in general but just but it's like and that's East. that's that whole area that's all entwined right it's all one giant mass there's there's yeah. no difference differences between various countries and places uh these are people who want or need things just like anyone else it's just like over there nothing of note at least right yeah. it's just all i mean we're all the same Jared we're just all people <sighs> so this this movie opens up yeah, it sure does. Right after someone's been clearly tortured by a room full of soldiers. Yep. And they're all being very polite. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. You did you did the best you could. I understand. You held out longer than you, you should have, but hey, we got here. You did the right thing. It's going to mm-hmm. be good. Here, put on put on this uniform. Let's uh, we're going to do a different form of humiliation. We're not just going to torture you here in this like bathroom. Or like mm-hmm. in this like you know room in the doctor's office or wherever the hell it is, yeah. But uh, we're going to thank you for mm-hmm. uh, giving up your info, and now we're going to bring you along so they can see that you helped us out. Mm-hmm. Put on this uniform here, just to send that final message that hey, the game's up. So you're one of the boys. They they charge in. This music kicks in. RJ, did you recognize this music immediately? Uh yeah. It's it reminded me of. Uh, what was that fucking movie we just watched during Cormay? Don don don, don don don, or is that like, is it either seventies cop TV or is it a movie from well, that era? RJ, this, I know the, the music. So, I the, just the, 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 so the score itself is composed yeah. by one Ennio Morricone. Uh, you, you, you know about this guy? I, I've I've heard about just, him. I'm just him. just died. One of the most famous cinema or music men, music composers. Sure, I know. Around. That guy. Well, this particular piece of music you've definitely heard before because it is used in Inglorious Bastards, the Tarantino movie. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. That, that's kind of like when I kicked in again because it had been forever since I'd seen Battle of Algiers. I was like, aha. <laughs> like, I knew, like, I was like, because I was like, oh, yeah, this is totally Inglorious Bastards style music. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I, bet, I did not realize that Ennio Morricone did the score for this movie. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And I thought it was 70s cop TV 
Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. That hard charging. So I was almost right, right? Well, almost. You, you almost got there. Boom, boom. Uh, yep. So the, the soldiers are deployed en masse into the, uh, I guess I don't know what you would call it. Like the, it's like the, to me, it always looks like the ramshackles of the Casbah. These houses built on top of one another, winding roads, just stairways going up and down all over the place. I will say that I don't know how well laid out the space is of Algiers compared to Pepe Lamoco. It's one of those things where, okay. like, because you know Pepe Lamoco, like, there's like a whole buildup. You see like these overhead shots of like the uh, of the space of like the hills, and it's like, oh wow, like it's like a, it's a character in the movie, uh, as an asshole might say. Where in this, it just seems like it's a city. It's very uncinematic which I don't think is a necessarily a bad decision, but at the same time, I didn't get a sense of the space as much. It could have been just anywhere, which potentially is the point. This could be happening anywhere. It could be happening at your home, as I gesture toward RJ with my finger. I was going to say, who are you pointing to, me or the uh, the listeners at home? Well, they're just hearing my voice inside their ear. Where else do they hear you? Uh, wherever they want, on OnlyFans. So... Mm. The soldiers are deployed. They, mm-hmm. they rouse through, guns mm-hmm. armed. They they just make their way through, kick in that door. There's no warrants here. There's, this is yeah. martial law, baby. Military rules. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they start making arrests, grabbing people. But where's this? Who are they looking for? Well, they come up to this tiled-up wall, and they give a couple knock-knock. Knock, knock. There's that hollow sound. And then we cut to the inside behind that wall. It's suggested of um, four or five people, women, a woman, a child, old person, two young men. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're told, come out. We know you're back there. You know how it's going to go. And then we get a flashback to what, 1954? Uh, yeah, you do a double back a couple years before, right? Yeah, or... yeah well, it jumps back, I guess. Like, you know, in this movie, uh, like, you know, six years prior. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're going to follow Ollie, who is a uh, a thief. And uh, it's like, yeah. and we, we also get like kind of like a, a bit of an a info dump of like what the situation is that they're living in. Uh, the people are living in under the government. Um, and he, how does it go? He goes to... He steals something. Someone chases after the police are, are after him. He's running. And then this white guy trips him, laughs at his face because he doesn't even realize what's going on. He's just tripping him because he's a dick. And mm-hmm. the guy gets up. He could keep running, but no, 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 no. He want, he, he fucking sucker punches this guy. I don't even know if it's a sucker punch. He just gut punches him. And then the the, the, the group, the mob just swarms him to yeah. uh, quell him from fighting back. And then the cops arrest him. And back to jail he goes. Because Ali is like a two, three, four-time loser. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's a pretty fair punch. Like the He yeah. stands up. He acknowledges that the guy tripped him. The guy laughs at him. And he just pops him. One He's right like, in the face. What are, you, what are you doing, buddy? I just tripped you a little bit. He's like, you know, he's like, what's the big idea or what's the big problem, friend? And it's like, yeah. so it's it pretty deserved. So we get we get to see Ollie in jail, and you know, often a, a good point to be 
radicalized in uh, in the mm-hmm. world is sometimes jail. <laughs> Prisons, jails, not maybe the best solution to uh, society's problems. Uh, we get to see a, a guillotine execution, which like I found really disturbing <laughs> for whatever reason. I, I the guillotine execution? Yeah. Like where the man is yeah. being escorted through, uh, a la Akbaring his way through uh, the cells. Everyone's just kind of watching. Uh, Ollie gets a, a view from his window of the uh, courtyard where he's this man's being brought out. And you see a guillotine off in the corner. This man's hands and feet are tied. And he's just like loaded up like a log. And his head's just kind of fed into the slot. And it's just like. Oh my god! I never really thought about this that much. Like, how would you control a person like to make sure that they don't, they can't get out of it? And you're just like, yeah, you're just like a big piece of salami going into the deli cutter and slicer, and you're just chunk. And it's like next. It's very efficient, I guess. I think Jared, that's what it's very successful use in the, the French Revolution. Aren't we all just a hunk of salami in the process well, of I, life? I, I mean, we, I know we all s- probably smell like salami at various points of our life. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, it's mm-hmm. like that, something about that sweat and sodium and meat smell. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you are the cannibal amongst us, but well, I uh, mean, ask, allegedly. Ask, ask ham meat, your good you friend. You can't. He's gone. Wow, he, parts of him. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that that just like made me go, oh, god damn, what a way to go. So anyway, Ollie gets out, but he's mm-hmm. but he's starting to he's got ideas. Society isn't fair, and it's these these goddamn Frenchmen walking around, not mm-hmm. letting us do what we want to do. This this, this now we we want to we want a society for ourselves. Does it work for Algerians? Well, uh, the steps to becoming part of this this force is you have to kind of mm-hmm. go through an initiation and part of this initiation that he gets kind of uh, roped into is that there is a informant who runs a cafe mm-hmm. and he talks to a police officer. And of course you'd be like, well, kill the, kill the informant. And it's like, no, 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 kill the cop. Because part of this whole thing is that like, well, maybe this guy went to jail. Now he's coming back undercover and wants to join the cause, but he's like actually, you know, a double agent. He's working for the popo, and uh, they have to make sure that it's like, well, if, if we tell him he has to kill a cop, he's never going to do it, but he's going to do it. So, like, okay, well, just in case, let's give him a blank gun. I mean, I think it's <laughs> it makes sense. It's, it's when, played off, yeah. Where it's just like we just wanted to see what you were about, and then he wants to do it, and it's like, oh no, no, we didn't. Well, I mean, it's fine if you don't kill him. That's fine, mm-hmm. but now it's that we, gesture. but now, but now that we know we can trust you, because yeah. we didn't want to give you a live gun, so uh, but we found out that you're real stuff, and now, now we can really begin our actions. This is where the healing starts. This is where the healing begins, where we get oh, RJ, it's a glorious montage of mm-hmm. people just running around killing cops. Yeah. And killing soldiers, like shooting, them in, shooting them in the back. And I think I wrote, is this Antifa? I think I think that's an idea. It's not like an actual group or organization, Jared, is what I heard. Right. Yes. From, uh, you know, President uh, candidate, candidate Pundit. What it? People. Candidate? Folks. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Battle of Algiers. Oh, yeah. So we we get like this like 
absolute assault by the the FLN, the National Liberation yeah. Front. It's always, it's always some yeah. sort of abbreviation, as you recall, from Life of Brian. This, but this one seems to be like this is the group that we're going to phone in on. Maybe there was others. French Army, though, the, you know, the government, the French government doesn't want to have anything to do with this, though. So they're acting very lightly at the beginning because they're kind of like, eh, that's their problem. The police will figure things out. This war of independence, what, we're not taking it too seriously. What do they even have? Well, they've got guns and they can just, they, they know the land. People are willing to not talk about these things because nobody likes the occupiers, these French bastards. And, um, so yeah, they but they start taking they're killing too many people. It's looking bad. So they got to bring in those paratroopers, the French army paratroopers, to help combat this terrorist force. And essentially, this movie is that story of uh, I don't know. It's like just set pieces of the the various levels of the battles. The you get to see the. Uh, the government's reactions and it's not like they're but the the government are not depicted as heroes i mean at times the uh the fln are not or they're not being depicted as like heroic either kind of more desperate and kind of doing things you're like god damn that's cold they just killed that dude like they're like it's kind of like it's, a, it's depicted as a dirty violent affair but there's no like real explicit uh you know heroics there's no good guys totally i mean i would, I definitely say that this is uh sympathetic to the fln cause uh because often we will root for uh you know the underdog particularly when the french government starts to deploy you know <laughs> torture <laughs> uh, intimidation murder uh all i was gonna say was um i actually so i watched two of the supplements just because i had the time but one of them was like a 20 minute uh round table with like directors about this stuff and there was a, a lady director i can't remember her name she was i think lady she was from director. Uh, she was a lady director i think she was from the area she had some really good insight on this stuff i just i didn't recognize her name i can't remember what it was and then you had oliver stone i think he kind of oh, rambled yeah. on like an old man you had steven soderberg who like uh just said a bunch of bullshit about it. he's like i use it i stole all this stuff for traffic and it's like all right steven soderberg yeah that makes Nobody sense cares. uh mira nair mira nair yeah yeah she she oh. offered actually a lot of insight because oh. it sounds like she's from uh a similar place okay. if not algiers itself oh julian schnabel's on here too yeah yeah so they're uh they they had really good inputs but um the reason i brought it up was spike lee was on there and uh he was like I think he was the best and he was the least featured out of any of them. Like they didn't show him very often, like as much as anyone else. But, uh, so what you were saying about how it kind of paints them, it's like not, it's, it's non-biased in how they present it. And like Spike Lee's kind of like, he's like, it's very matter of fact in how they show both sides of it. He's like, but I think, it's inherently yeah. in favor of the Algerian people. He's like, For I think sure. if you didn't, and and yeah, he's like, I think if you don't see that, he's like, I think you might be missing the point of history. <laughs> Mira so, Mira is from India. <laughs> oh, so that's nowhere near Algiers. Not really, no. <laughs> she tells stories though, like uh, she Maybe she really she can. I don't know. Well, me, she uh, she can 
she she tells stories that uh, have real personal connection to it. So maybe it's just similar things like where she was from or something. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, the, that's all I got out of that whole thing was just uh, Spike Lee kind of talking about that. And then he dropped some colonialism bombs on that one too. And that mm-hmm. I can't remember when that was from. It was like 2004 maybe or 2000. Yeah, that's when the DVD came out. Yeah, so it uh, – I thought Spike Lee was really interesting, but uh, they don't really show him very often or as much as like Oliver Stone. And it's like I don't fucking care what Oliver Stone <laughs> thinks about this movie. Ollie. Not really, like you know. I mean, I could definitely. I mean, that's so. That's one of the things too. With so watching Battle of Algiers now, yeah. so much of, like there's like a big emphasis about how this movie was shot, like newsreels. Like it feels like very like grounded in the moment because of the mm-hmm. way it was shot. Um, like where, particularly during like that big kind of like climax when the army is just like shooting people. Yeah, and like it's like they were just shooting it all in, like with large audiences like on location and like with like in the places that it was happening. Yeah. I mean, now that doesn't even sound that exciting because it's like, well, isn't that exactly what you would do? And I feel like yeah. we've watched movies like, uh, was it Tin Drum? Yeah, Tin Drum's similar. T- Tin Drum has like a lot of that kind of like, oh, here's like yeah. the same people that it happened to. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. It's one of the movies we've watched recently. And yeah. uh, where it's like, okay, but I mean, again, that movie comes like 1979. So for 1966, uh, depicting this now or like in the way that it did it's it is so influential that mm-hmm. i feel like it's it's kind of hard to pick out what like why that feels different because now it just feels like oh it feels a lot more contemporary mm-hmm. than like other movies um and i feel like the big the big influence i feel uh for the one director who i like quite a bit is uh costa gravis gavis mm-hmm. who we will be watching uh at least missing of his movies. The one movie called, is called Missing, and a few mm-hmm. others. One day that I think, like I think they're better movies on the whole. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, but like I think that the influence of this is on that all over the place. And there's like the one movie uh, by um, Gilo um, uh, Ponte Corva is uh, his movie Burn with an exclamation mark, uh, directed with starring Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. That's a movie that I. I think just came out from Kino finally, and I think it's supposed to be like a finally a good version that's intact of Burn, but I might be wrong on that, and maybe it's still like never, it still is not available properly. And that's another movie that is like very, uh, it wears its redness and re- of revolt on its uh, on its sleeve, like Marxist poetry. Is that what you're talking about over there? Yes. Like Marxist poetry. Just like a special feature title on this very DVD. What? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I was going to I was gonna add something, and then um, I forgot. How, how, how do you, what do you feel about guerrilla warfare? <laughs> I'm for it. I think it's, uh, yeah. I mean... I uh, I like gorillas. I think they're pretty neat. I don't really think that they should. We should use them for fighting, but uh, right. You know, like the, I mean, I think that they're and cool. glue. I I would just like or gorilla glue. That gorilla glue is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like some of the tactics in this because, <laughs> uh, as Spike Lee said, he was like, he's like, it's not really great that they do this, but it's necessary. No. And you go. He makes a good point. That's re- that's that is reality. Where sometimes that's, it's like, yeah, there is no other choice, and it's brutal yeah. and violent. And 
powers that be will do what it needs to uh, correct for that. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, there's, I think, I think they show that well in this, but no. Yeah. I mean, so some of like the weird little footnotes when you hear, read about, uh, you know, this idea of like a guerrilla warfare. I mean, this is something that's been around for like forever. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not a new thing, but I guess as time's gone on, it becomes more and more popularized. So like supposedly here's a, here's a great little bit from uh, Wikipedia. The battle mm-hmm. of Algiers gained a reputation for inspiring political violence. In particular, the tactics of urban guerrilla warfare and terrorism in the movie supposedly were copied by the black Panthers, the provisional Irish Republican army, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, and the Jammu Kashmir Liberation Front. The Jammu? Jammu? I didn't think those guys were involved in that. Hey, they they, they were, RJ. Oh, wow. Shit. Jamming. That's pretty... Uh, I, I didn't know. This is These are things... I mean, I guess, like, you watch a movie and you go, hey, this is a... Here's some tips. <laughs> That's that's a good idea. Is that what you pull from that? Is uh, hey, good tips. Good tips. Yeah, maybe that's what the movie is. It's like it's part of the plan. You know, you have your anarchist cookbook. You got your copy of Battle of Algiers. Um, and then you have your copy of Just the Tips from uh, <laughs> Chip Zardarsky. That's right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, did you you have? I don't know if you still got a, a bit to rattle off on, but uh, did you ever say uh, what your opinion of this film is? Whether you like it or not, or are you reserving that until later? I I will continue to reserve my opinion okay. of this movie. Sure. Um, yeah, because like I don't know, it's how do you even talk about this movie? Because it seems like it's more of like a politically, it's a political movie, and so like it's kind of weird to talk about. It. It's like how is it as a piece of entertainment? <laughs> do you want me to? Do you want me to chime in a little bit? Sure, go right. Because right I actually ahead. have an actual opinion of entertainment versus history. So the first time watch for me, Jared, uh, as I mentioned before, I knew about this thing. I heard about it. I'm seeing this, but uh, I didn't actually know a whole lot of Algerian history. Yep. Uh, Shocker. Um, So I was like, this is all news to me watching it. uh, I actually, uh, it's, it's really kind of funny timing that uh, I saw this because recently I've been dealing with uh, some, social studies and i won't say where or when but uh, it was all related to french revolution type stuff and how uh the french kind of rose up for their independence from like colonialism type things and this was before algiers so the irony of the it's like that self-aware wolf thing where it's like a country frees themselves from like similar things trying to make themselves stand out and then they do it to someone else. And that's why I was talking earlier with about that Star Trek DS9. And it's just like the Bajorans who free themselves from the Cardassians. And then they don't take in refugees from another planet. And I was like, see, DS9, it's just, you know. It's the roadmap we need. It, it is. We, gotta watch, we just got to watch out for the Jemadar. <laughs> Those are bad dudes. Like, they... They're bad dudes, Jarrett. Um, but I actually, I found a lot of uh, real topical, personal, current event connections to me mm-hmm. uh, based on just recently reading about French Revolution stuff, just completely coincidental. And then, you know, DS9. I was like, a lot of overlap. 
a lot of overlap. I, I mean, uh, like, there's not a lot of variation in the story of like no, it's, pow- it's, it's power, right? Over and the, over like, again, a power and how it operates in yeah. a system. Like it's, it's it happens over and over and over again. And either we're it's the way it is, or it's, we, mm-hmm. it's something that we just let ourselves fall into over and over again because we're told, well, there's no other choice. I don't know. Well, me- Maybe in 2024, maybe Bernie will run again, and then uh, he'll 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 turn everything around. Oh man! Imagine the how much like sausage he'll smell like by then. That dude's he'd be a little ripe. He'd be a little ripe, but I'd still stand by him. Anyways, uh, what the hell was I talking about? Oh yeah, so there's overlap in that stuff. So I think uh, it was a first time watch for me. I think uh, up front, I think it's it's a good if like. It's a very well represented piece of history. Uh, and that's what they were going for, where it's like they tried to make it as realistic as possible to what was actually happening. And in that right, it is a dramatic retelling documentary type thing. And that's 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 just history, man. That's pretty cool. Uh, as a movie itself, I, I do think that there are certain elements that are really well done. And then I think there's a few things that are like, I didn't really, I wasn't really on board for it, but after watching uh, Marxist poetry and the director talked about it, I was like, oh, okay, so that was intentional. So what I mean by that is uh, one thing I really liked was uh, some of the music where um, where they use like the chants and the cheers and they turn it into like music kind of. Yeah. And, oh, uh, the, uh, yeah. The, the like the I, I can't make the sound because the, 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 the wailing uh, I guess yeah like, the, the wailing and they were like we're using that and we're gonna we're putting it into like the actual score I thought mm-hmm. that was awesome and uh it really pumps you up fuck what is the movie so there's like god what is the other movie we watched recently that has like the the wailing Italian women Dark Knight Rises <laughs> That's got wailing in it. Wailing Italian women? Yeah. Ivy Tuoli? No, it's not that. Anyways, continue. I'm going to. F- uh, there's something okay. that's. Because bo- it's like. It's like one of the better scenes. Or. or no, it's Salvatore. Oh, Giuliani. Salvatore Giuliani. Yeah, which this movie has a lot of similarities to as a well. Lot of similarities. And it's, it's also uh, Italian. Sim- similar era mm-hmm. as well like was that 61 62 and here we are four years later another uh, italian filmmaker mm-hmm. uh who is i guess dealing though with french history yes and it sounded like there but was it's, more yeah. there was more connection to it than than just like uh it sounded like he was involved in somehow like not at the time but like he knew he knew it really well so like i don't know maybe he lived there Mm-hmm. or something but uh yeah so i really liked i really like the wailing and then uh there's a there's like one of the drum tracks when the girls are like getting ready to go be bombers uh i thought that that thing pumped me up where it's just like silent they're like changing their appearance so they can go be suicide bombers and there's just that like steady drum in the background i was like yeah i was like i could go work out to this just in the background i don't work out but if i did i would listen to that music mm-hmm. Uh, so I really like that. And then uh, the thing I mentioned earlier 
some of the things I didn't really like is there are other times where I think the score kind of drops itself in really abruptly uh, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's kind of like messy almost. Well, but then one of the... apparently that's what he wanted. Yes. Yeah. I was saying like in the one of yeah. the documentary pieces, it says, oh, yeah, that's intentional. And you go, yeah. I see. So that makes it OK or just to, or maybe it doesn't work. And it's kind of like we would do things differently now. Yeah, it didn't work for me. And so that's what I mean. It's like it wasn't intentional, I guess, but I still don't really know why, because he said he wanted it to be like messier because it would be more representative of what was going on. I was like, that's fine, I guess. But it's not uh, not what I'm here for. So uh, you have that. Uh, So in terms of like, I think as a movie itself, uh, some of the score stuff I really like some of it I don't like that much and it's the same with the, the editing <clears throat> it's really similar like he wanted it a little bit messier in terms of storytelling itself uh, it does the thing that is like hyper popularized now where uh, you start at the end and then you and then you jump back to yeah. the beginning we're, we're, and, uh, and it's almost like the records and then it, and it goes back to like remember where we were that yeah. cold opening in media res. How did I wind uh-huh. up here as I look longingly into the camera? But it's like it's kind of funny because like it's it's just a, it's a trope in this yep. movie that's like stripped down reality. Yep. Well, exactly. And like I don't even hold it against this movie. It's just more of like it's so noticeable now because I think it was last year. Every single movie that came out was doing it, and it was just like, oh my god. Is like find something new or like present it in a new way, like Maverick, the Mel Gibson movie. It does that too, but it, it's got a little spin on it, Jared. Mm-hmm. It's got a little spin. So I do have this movie on my "Don't Be Colonizing" list that oh, okay. uh, only has one like on it. It's very sad. Maybe um, you gotta retitle it. Maybe to uh, decolonize your uh, your list group or something like that. Yeah. So we got a uh, we got Black Narcissus, okay. which I think fits well from what we've watched before. Uh, mm-hmm. Battle of Algiers. Uh, I would also have to throw on there. Where's another future creep? Walker, the Alex Cox movie. That movie okay. definitely fits the bill. But a movie like you know, Silence, Zulu, huh? Chateau's Land, Alzana's Raid, The Man Who Would Be King, Zulu, mm-hmm. Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Dark of the Sun, Aguirre, The Wrath of God, Fitzcarraldo. Mm-hmm. All very good. All very good picks. Even all bad. the way back to like Viking times, you know, Valhalla Horizon. Damn, <laughs> it goes all the way back. Don't don't leave. Don't leave your home. Don't go. Don't go looking for resources or more land. Just stay put. Don't do anything ever. Tell that to the Ferengi. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, buddy? Gold laced platinum. <laughs> platinum. Uh, so, anyways, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so, like, movie making itself, like, I thought that trope was kind of funny. And then all the scenes with the actual people and stuff, like, it's it's really well done. But one little thing that I don't know if is a big deal to anyone else, but they talk about, like, so the ending when they blow up the building where the dude actually died, uh, the director was like, well, we rebuilt the building and then we blew it up again. And uh, he was like, people didn't really like want to do it because it was expensive, but I paid for it myself. He was like, I'm a very good guy. I paid for the reconstruction. And then we blew it up. He's like, because I thought it was important that we do the actual thing of where he was. And I was like, I think that's good an idea. But I think there's also something to be said of like historical preservation 
in a sense where it's like if this was like an actual historical landmark, it's like does it make sense to build it and then blow it up again? Well, I mean, you should have heard some of the crazy ideas Oliver Stone had for his World Trade oh. Center movie. <laughs> oh my god. I can only imagine <laughs> what Oliver Stone wanted imagine. to do for that shit. Oh, can you imagine? But the cubic, it's like, oh, cap. I mean, it's it's a matter of scale. But can you yeah. imagine if some fucking dipshit director, like, a, I don't, I don't even want to name anybody, but like they mm-hmm. came along, we're like, hey, you know, if I want to do this right, we're gonna to have to do, we have to recreate it. <laughs> like, yeah, no, exactly. No, no one's going to get hurt. It's just, it's yeah. all, it's movie magic. You're like, well, isn't there other ways to? do this and these no we gotta have yeah. the, it's about the impact well and that that's the thing it's like he's all about like the authenticity he's like in the real place it's like but that's why movies kind of exist is that you don't it's like it's good to film things in real locations but it's like you don't have to like recreate it exactly because that's kind of that's kind of nuts i mean and even now right like you have this film where it's like oh so here's an italian director another like colonial country depicting yeah. the events but it's like i mean politically it's like okay he's on the he's on the same page to a degree and he's like i want to tell your story you know about algeria a place that i yeah. don't and there i mean now uh the kids would call that problematic appropriation mm-hmm. i think is uh one word there. among we'll amongst other, amongst amongst other things amongst others yeah so so i and I so he's that. when he's showing up he's like we gotta do it this way and people go oh we're not comfortable with that it's just tough Werner Herzog's, you know, boiling rats over there and die. I mean, I can I can blow up a a, a goddamn building, can't I? Yeah, and that's yeah. that was what I that was my whole takeaway from that. I was like, I get it, but at the same time, it's like I don't think that's necessary, my man. And like, so some of those explosion scenes, like there's one where there's people around. I think people actually got hurt in that scene, like. Because oh, they were man. setting well, off hey, five explosives right beside it, people. Italian film production. They don't give a fuck, eh? Chopping up like, turtles. They don't care. Blowing up, like, animals, raping women left and right. Like, they're just like, whatever. Well, that's simulated. Viva la cinema. Uh, that's what they say. Right? So, uh, you know, RJ, fun fact. In 2003, uh-huh. there was a Pentagon screening of this film. The press okay. reported that the United States Department of Defense, the Pentagon, oper- uh-huh. offered a screening of the movie on August 27th. Uh, the Directorate for Special Operations and Low-Intensity Conflict regarded as useful for commanders and troops facing similar issues in occupied Iraq. A flyer for the screening said, How to win a battle against terrorism and lose the war of ideas. Children shoot soldiers at point-blank range. Women plant bombs in cafes. Soon the entire Arab population builds to a mad fervor. Sound familiar? The French have a plan. It succeeds tactically, but fail strategically to understand why come to a rare showing of this film. According to the defense department official in charge of the screening quote, showing the film offers historical insight into the conduct of French operations in Algeria and was intended to prompt informative discussion of the challenges faced by the French unquote. Hmm. Uh, so is that good? <laughs> <laughs> that I they mean, were using this it's like it's so bizarre. Like, isn't there other ways like other than movies that are 
in themselves second third hand depictions of reality but we're going to use that as like something as like a point of inspiration when you're the fucking pentagon it's like don't you have yeah. reports or like first hand accounts that you could go off of they're like ah oh, watch the movie we'll see how it's staged but it's all part of this like i don't know the way people think that they they weren't fucking movies and this is like this extends to a whole lot of other things i i think that a lot of problems that we have with uh with police these days is i think they're in they think they're in movies and they think that yeah. like th- their lives are cinematic and that's how they're that's they've like narrativized their world in this mm-hmm. way they're like it's us against them because that's the thing that they're fed all the time it doesn't matter how much you train yeah. them they're, they're spending more time watching movies about themselves in this like but it's like a, a screenwriter's version of themselves it's a director's version with actors and they're like yeah that's what it's like and you're like holy shit I leave it to like the uh the military during the the, the bush administration in 2003 uh which they would have of course had to watch like a bootleg or like vhs tape of because the criterion dvd wasn't out yet unless uh the criterion uh snuck them a, a, a copy i don't know maybe they did i imagine they used utorrent or something like that napster like, <laughs> yeah maybe napster limewire I think you raise an interesting point about that, actually. And I think it's, I don't know if it's, if Battle of Algiers episode was the right point to bring it up, but maybe cinema and entertainment is the problem, you know, because like, shut it down, shut it down. In the last couple of months, I think everyone was, you know, all that stuff that happened with Ellen DeGeneres and celebrities like chiming in on people who are in distress and everyone was like, do we need celebrities? And maybe do we need movies? Do we? Because I feel like rom-coms also set an unhealthy precedent uh, and unrealistic standard of uh, expectations are, for are, are, uh, people in relationships. Are you saying that like she's all that gave birth to incels? It's very possible. And by the way, do you know who wrote she's all that? I don't offhand. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So I just, uh, just so you know, uh, he wrote that, uh, she's all that. And then he also wrote Stuart Little. Yes. Little known fact. Well, that's a pretty well-known fact, I think. Stuart Little? Yeah. But what about she's all that? I did not know that. I pulled that movie out of my ass. (laughs) Much like M. Night Shyamalan. See? Hey, remember when we talked about the Battle of Algiers? That was cool. Well, now we're talking about she's all that. Like she's which, all that, which I'm pretty sure was the intent by the director. Ah, uh, yeah, this dude's Italian. He wants he wants some kind of sexual intensity in his upcoming movies. Correct. Oh, this is interesting too. So, I mean, again, the 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 the, the flow of uh, fun facts of Wikipedia. Not all reception was positive. Well, we'll get to that part. In uh-huh. France, Cahir du Cinema devoted a special feature to the film consisting of five articles by critics, philosophers, and film scholars. Their collective negative assessment of the film was cast in such strong terms that, quote, it undermined on moral grounds the legitimacy of any critic or analyst who did not condemn the film, let alone anyone who dared consider it worthy of filmic attention. Anyone who considered it? So it's like if you liked this movie, you were on the shit list? Yep. Huh. Huh. That's. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's interesting. I'd like to know more about that, but uh, this this little link here doesn't go too deep. 
Well, they just lost our advert. The illegitimate legitimacy of the Battle of Algiers in French film culture. Well, it's kind of curious because you think that the that that particular publication, you know, founded by uh, a Godard, uh, mm-hmm. by sixty six though, maybe there was a, a swing and being like, this is dangerous, and uh, which is baffling. And uh, seeing this, it's kind of like, huh? I want to know more about that. Too bad we don't do a podcast about Cahier du Cinema. It, it, we, I mean, when we started this years ago, we I would have been all did. over that. Oh, I know. And it we, was in contention, but uh, but then we had to have learned French. We got we don't got time for that. Not anymore. On Jupi, on me, ara, Paris. That's all I know. So the all... yeah the the wavering high pitched vocal sound resembling a howl with a trilling quality. RJ, uh, hmm. olulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What it like your ovulation? Oh, is that using your uvula, Jarrett? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> the Gorky guys are gonna be after you on that oh. one. I can tell you that much. Or they love it. Maybe. Oh. Maybe. The Gorky people, please. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, hey, you know what was fun when that old drunk guy got beaten to death by a oh. gang of ki- children. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, he had it coming. Hey, remember like he what was, was that scene of like the people at the uh, cafes is getting blown to shit, and like man, that, that that's pretty hardcore. Like the one goes up and then they go, oh, well, I guess the gas main went. Let's go back to dancing, and then they fucking blow up, and you see someone go flying a little bit in the background, I think, and I go mm-hmm. shit, and then another one, and you're like, god damn too far um and then we get down to some hardcore torture torture yeah that's pretty grisly stuff there's a lot of glycerine uh or glycerol uh teardrops in this movie but then there's one that looks real it's just like yeah it's pretty sad what's going on here which do you identify most with the dude who gets pretzeled and pulled up into the rafters mm. the uh ear guy the blowtorch nipple the wow, drowning I mean, guy i think here on the criterion creeps podcast we're all about nipple torture well that can be your guy no uh, that's, I, that's no it's our it's ours i, I well our, I actually thought the ear electrode guy our, was uh, similar to podcasting. Hey, you know, RJ, what, what, are you, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? This M. Night Shyamalan writing movies that he didn't write. M. Night Shyamalan wrote She's All Right. No, he didn't. <laughs> Must I do everything? <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Okay, it was, me... It's written by one R. Lee Fleming Jr. And... He, M. Night doesn't even have an uncredited thing on IMDb. M. Night Shyamalan wrote She's All That. I am going <laughs> to... I'm on top of this. This is a no, there, there's, there's literally a thing on top here. It's like on M. Night Shyamalan and She's All That. Did he really write it? Question mark? It's, there's, it's no secret that M. Night Shyamalan had a hand in the making of She's All That. Uh, and how far does that go? Where, uh, he, where does he apparently he allegedly exist? he polished up the movie script. I, that I consider that a, a writing credit if I ever saw one. Okay. So and, M Night Shyamalan claims I ghost wrote the movie. So he, he's he, the one. 
spreading that rumor. Yeah. And Here's then, an well, the, the, the screenwriter, Arlie Fleming Jr., has claimed that Shalman was lying. Man, this is getting deeper. Listen to this IndieWire report from 2013. So M. Night Shyamalan probably didn't ghostwrite She's All That after all. After all. Uh, uh, oh, fuck. There's a lot of writing here. That's, uh, I can't read. Well, anyway, so this is the podcast you come for if you want nipple torture, okay? Needless to say, and that, it seems something like... Something else I was talking about earlier that happens to breasts. When, there was something else. The house that Jack built. Yeah, there was something else. But uh, all I got to say is that it seems like M. Night Shyamalan is taking credit for things that he maybe didn't have a hand in. And uh, he got me. I got got. You got got. By the Shyamalan. You weren't the first and you won't be the last of his victims. Unbelievable. Hey, torture is crazy, hey? Yeah, torture is not, not good. Um, that's yep. usually what happens in these scenarios, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I believe I've heard it put as you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs. That That's omelet being something, peace, order, the or, the order omelet, and you have to crack order people, people, people or order. So you have to like crack some people. Any, like, apparently, if you need to make an omelet of order, it's, it, it assumes that it already exists. Mm-hmm. So and I, I, I've heard people say this like literally like as a thing that they would say that that proves that torture works. And it's like, what? <laughs> well, a lot of people think waterboarding is appropriate, right? They sure do. They sure do, RJ. You know, you ever watch that uh, footage of Christopher Hitchens when he talked about how waterboarding is not that big a deal. And then he went and did it. And then he completely changed his mind because he went, yeah, no, it's awful. And, yep. I, and I learned something. And, uh, yeah. I've, uh, not that one, but I've seen other people. And uh, from what I hear, about uh, 10, 20 seconds is about unbearable. Yep. So. And, and, you, and if you've got anything to say, you will say it. That's yep. kind of, that's how torture sadly works. Yep. So, podcasts. Podcasts. <laughs> right? Same, same? Or... So where are you at on this movie? Uh, I mean, I think it's good. Uh, I think the historical, documenting historical events is important. I think it's a good story in the sense of what it's, I don't know. I think the people of Algeria probably like it quite a bit. Wow. French kind of seem like assholes. Well, it all depends on, I guess, who's in power now in Algeria. I don't know. I don't know about their, I don't know what their scene is. Maybe this movie is not, maybe it's not popular. But it, and that could be. Uh, but I mean, I think in a historical standpoint, it's cool. I like some elements of the movie, but there's some stuff I was kind of like, it's kind of sloppy. And uh, I know he that's what he meant for. But it's like, you know, just because you take a shit on the floor and you mean to do it doesn't mean it should be a shit on the floor. Do you know what I mean? And celebrated. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't have to be celebrated, you know, you know. So I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle for uh, Battle of Algiers. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, you want about want to hear about who hates this movie? Sure. <laughs> I got a, I've got a, I've got several okay. uh, to go along with because man, these these folks. Uh, first up, let me just make this a little bigger. Are they all my... French? No, not that I know of. Actually, okay. one of these is a returning individual too. 
So first oh, we I have see. Kipe. Sure we do. Half a star. The oppressor-oppressed narrative based on natural-born identity is highly anti-human. Anti-human? Yeah. I think their ratings are anti-human. Five stars to three billboards. Five stars to portrait of a lady on fire. Five stars to the house that Jack built. Just because it's just that easy, Jarrett. <laughs> they didn't. They, they don't rate too often, to be honest. But half star films include Battle of Algiers, Parasite, Old Boy, and Spirited Away. So I don't really know what that's about. Doctor Christmas. Oh, and in, in, in the return, half a star, garbage. <laughs> big if true. If true. Uh, I mean, we've talked about Dr. Christmas a few times, but uh, let's see their updated favorite films. We have Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust, so the sequel, not even the main one. That's weird. A Bittersweet Life from 2005, Leon, The Professional, and Five Centimeters Per Second. Mm. Don't know what that is. Anime. Anime, baby. Max Park, one star. Watch this sleep deprived at the back of my class with a bunch of heads blocking the subtitles. This forced me to pay attention to the shitty editing, sound mixing, and all around mediocrity. Maybe one day I'll watch it with better circumstances and enjoy it more. Bleg. Seems like they're judging the experience more than the movie itself. I mean, that's like a one way to watch movies. That's legitimate. I've yep. done. We've all done that at some point. Yep. Do you think uh, Velasa Pastor is five stars, Jarrett? What? There's a movie that came out last year. It's about a uh, Christian pastor who is also a Velociraptor. Oh, I see. Is that a five-star movie? Uh, no, it's not, probably. What about Back to the Future? Mm. Maybe, actually. Mm. Uh, it's all the same. It's Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Goonies. Yep. You know. What are you going to expect? What are you going to expect? Peyton Denault, one and a half star, watched for class. (laughs) Not my type of movie, especially since it was war-based and somewhat like a documentary. (laughs) Uh, Also watched on two times speed because I have too much work to do, which might have attributed to me not liking it, but it just didn't strike anything in me. I mean, that's not totally fair. And I'm saying that as the person who uh, 1.5'd uh, Love and Tura, but uh, I'm a professional. I can handle that. Uh, it seems like this person's still in the class stage. So Yeah, I, I, I like to throw out those people who are still in class. <laughs> yeah, I'm just in class. Uh, Peyton gave The Beach Bum a half a star. They gave A Ghost Story one star. And their favorite films include La La Land and Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course. The, the, the letterbox generation. Yep. Uh, one more. One and a half star from ZS10. Okay. Ugh, old war movies are annoying. WC at Jared's and Mark. ZS10 is peculiar. They, uh, they've only ever logged to 69 films and then they stopped uh, a couple months ago. 
There's only one five-star film. It's Scary Movie 3. And uh, there's not... I mean, there's a lot of, like, Indian films. But I don't know what Gobi Got is or Abuna. Okay. I don't know what that stuff means. Hmm. Never seen it. But, well, so, uh, I guess old movies, are, old war movies are annoying. <laughs> I guess, allegedly, right? Like, no. So, yeah. What about you? Do you like this show? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah? Good. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Nice. nice. Uh, after the break, mm-hmm. busting out those blowtorches. Some ear hooks. Uh-huh. We're going to get the truth out of you finally, motherfucker. Okay. I'll tell the truth. M. Night Shyamalan wrote, she's all that. What's your favorite battle? Um, the battleship Potemkin. Very nice. You can. I've e- never seen that. Well, <laughs> you can email us at criteriacruise uh-huh. at gmail dot com, and because it sounded like you said battleship Potemkin. <laughs> I'm gonna go log that right now, even though I haven't watched it, because that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good review. I, I, I feel like someone might beat you to it. Um. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barlow. You can check out that uh, battle shit. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, we're, we've got a YouTube. Yeah, sure. People can shit on us all day long. Sure. Like it's some sort of fucking OnlyFans page. Uh, yep. we got a Patreon where you can give us money. Yes. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all that trash. Sure. Whew. Next week. Spy 250. And I think this is the biggest, thickest undertaking of the podcast yet. It's Cassavetti's time. John Cassavetti's five films. Next week, our first of three double headers Shadows from 1959, Faces from 1968. Are you ready? I mean, yeah, I actually own this thing. Me too. In a, in a rare, rare treat. Yeah, absolutely. So, whatever, man. I don't care anymore. Life is meaningless. All right. Well, and it's fucking October in like 
two hours for us, so uh, <laughs> it's, time, it's time to rest up, because holy shit, it's horror movie time. Well, what are you going to watch tonight, bud? Uh, I'm going to be editing, so Sounds I'll be good. watching the inside of my eyelids. That's fair, too. Oh. Good night for now, folks. Good night, and... It's Creeptober time.